This is Sophia Cassiola. And this is Michael J. Epstein. Of Blood of the Trivets. And you're listening to... Without Your Head. Dun, dun, dun. of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil that would make me terrible troy mm-hmm. and we're joined by writer director editor and producer jill gavar gazion you got it good man <laughs> i don't i don't even know how to pronounce that <laughs> they're practicing all day and uh, that's the end of the interview now. So you gotta, no. Yeah, he's just uh, proud of himself. Let's move on. Uh, director of photography and producer, uh, Jordan Rue. Hey, what's up? Did, did he get it right? Uh, he did not get it right. I did not. Oh, that's, oh. I didn't even try that one. I figured oh, I Jill, Jill didn't uh, tell anybody. She, did, she didn't even get it right. What is it? <laughs> it's Rio. Rio. All right. I'll, I'll edit that. I'll edit that. That'll yeah, be perfect. Apparently, I have no friends here. <laughs> I've never and, met this guy. And uh, producer Chris Knitter. I assume you that got one. that. You got mine right. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. Two for three now. Not bad. Yeah. 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 Damn. Well, it's good to have to have you all here, and let everyone know you guys uh, your new uh, short film, Forty Two Counts. I believe that premieres at Chattanooga Film Festival next week. Yep, next on Friday at 5 p.m. Very cool. It's Friday so, the sixth. Uh, oh, Friday the sixth. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> that's cool. That's good. So the. Uh, uh, so, so what's it going to be like to to watch Forty Two Counts with an audience? 
Kill. Um, <laughs> sc- scary for me. Uh huh. Nerve wracking <laughs> and exciting. What do you guys think? What's it gonna be like for me or for the audience? For me, for me, it, it, yeah, it'll be a little nerve wracking. I think. Um, you know, I, we haven't really had a whole lot of stuff in film festivals, so um, having an audience watch it will be uh, interesting. But Just depends yeah. on how many beers I have beforehand. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you were you asked an interesting question. You took that. What what it's going to be like for the audience? Well, what do you think it'll be like for the audience? I I hope it's. Uh, uh, cringeworthy. <laughs> I hope I hope people get a little uh, weirded out by it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the whole element of it being a, a true, uh, well, yeah, it's a true story. Um, I think that element definitely adds to the uh, the creepiness. Yeah. 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 When they I hope when they walk into any place that they're living now that they just question everything. Right. <laughs> basically (laughs) you know because the whole thing about this is it's like a real thing it's not like a ghost it's Mm -hmm. like making this was the first time I've actually ever been scared during the process of making a film and freaked out about like what we're thinking about because someone actually did this right yeah and it's something uh, that could happen anywhere so and I don't want to give too much away, obviously, to spoil the the movie. But uh, and, you know, it's based on short, uh, a true story. Was this a big story in your area? Yeah, um, it was all over the news. Yeah, I've been battling how much to talk about it because it gives away the whole film. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyone will be able to easily fi- figure it out after they see it. And anyone from Kansas City will right away know, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, somebody but, went to jail. Um, they're no longer in jail so I'm scared for my life (laughs) right yeah that's why Jill was most scared is because she was afraid that this dude was going to like come after her personally if he found out that any of this was happening (laughs) so I'm glad that we're saying that now on the internet (laughs) by the way Jill's address is yeah please don't kill us please don't kill us Uh, (laughs) we didn't mean it we don't even know you (laughs) I'm actually that, a few degrees away from the real people, so it's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's something that can, uh, uh, you know, it's something believable that that could happen to, to anybody. Yes. Yeah, it's not uh it's not out of the realm of uh, of reason. Is this your first <laughs> time uh, at at Chattanooga uh, Film Festival? Yes, um, but. They also run another festival in October called Frightening Ass Film Festival, um, which is the greatest name ever for a festival. But it's just like a couple days, like their little horror version of it. And I've always kind of lined up to play that. Like our video, I'm Ready, played um, this past October. But yeah, I'm excited to go to Chattanooga, their official festival, because it looks like a crazy party. Yeah. Yeah. How did the three of you get together to uh, to make things? Um, I Jordan and I have a mutual couple friends that were in a band um, that I'd been I'd been talking to one of them for years about doing a new video for what, his old band and 
his old band actually played on David Letterman at one point. So they were really, really big. So I really wanted to like, you know, work with them. And one thing led to another. I, you know, Jill and I have been friends on Facebook for years. And so I, I think Adam Doria connected us finally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a guy, a buddy of ours that does a lot of sound design for it or uh, sound location sound for us. He, uh, Kind Which he did the sound on forty two counts, right? As well, right? Uh, but yeah, most most like Adam I knew know. I wanted to do videos. You guys had some videos lined up. He's like, yeah, how many I music videos have we guys. done? A bunch. We've done. We've made four. <laughs> we've made four music videos and a film in a year. We're pretty right. cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Um, here. Yeah, I was basically just told that this is this was happening. So, <laughs> our first video, we had a meeting, and then we went and just to one of the guys like house. We're like, we're gonna shoot this in the basement next week. Like it was all put together in a couple days, and that was a Janky's song, Mir- it, Miracle. Books. It was the most beautifully half-assed thing ever. Right. <laughs> but I think one of our, the cool coolest videos we've done is the Loogie uh, on my. On my own. I'm ready. I'm ready. What, what, what in the hell is on my own? Oh, that was another. That was a different video we did. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm ready. That was another rapper. Nice. Was it another rapper? Um, mm-hmm. I'm ready. We shot over six days, six different locations. It was like a way bigger project than even the short. At least mm-hmm. as far as shooting. <laughs> right. But it was fun, and yeah. it it's still playing at festivals. It's playing at our Kansas City film fest here in a few weeks actually yeah oh that's very cool uh well the music videos um what kind of theme are they do they do they have any horror elements or action or anything well we've done all different stuff the i'm ready loogie's video is a horror video Mm -hmm. it's like making a pact with the devil um and but the others have been all kinds like we've done pop videos and then janky's like indie rock yeah. Uh, Videos are fun because we get to do stuff outside of that. I mean, sure. I don't only want horror for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, the pop videos we did were cut. They, 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 uh, what did the theme of the first one? What was that first one we did? Bicycles. It was and butts. Girl, yeah. Girls on Bicycles was basically the theme of that one. We did another <laughs> one that's kind of like uh, a league of their own that hasn't come out yet. And, we uh, the janky one was like you know this basement you know garage band, very hazed out basement. We so. really we like to push the limits of what we can do with um, how the camera moves and stuff and and so like uh, one of them with the bikes involved like building a crane in the back of a pickup truck and driving around the city all day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> without any permits yeah, yeah that's <laughs> one a, like a 20 foot crane hanging out of a pickup truck that is one cool thing about kansas city you Steph, if you're much... listening we had all the permits <laughs> oh. i mean <laughs> you can kind of get over never mind move on oh, yeah. <laughs> Steph, cover your ears you can get away with shooting anything anyway for free i tagged her in one of these posts no i got yelled at at liberty memorial the other day Screamed at. Don't anyway. shoot at Liberty Memorial. <laughs> Without a permit. That's it. Not wearing a mask, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, how did the how did the film come about? Uh, did you guys get together primarily to do music videos, or 
Yeah. Well, that's we kind of how it started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wrote the script. Too. I I wrote the script and knew I I didn't have the basically the energy to do like a Kickstarter again. And we were doing one for BFF Girls, which I helped produce. So I was no way I'm going to run like two at the same time. Um, uh, so we, I was had to find you know a crew that was like passionate and down to make something. And all of us just all have to work on it, and no one's going to make anything basically. Um, we had already, I think we are we've only made Janky's video at that time, but we were about to make another video, and so we were just like back to back. We made uh, good, and then right into forty two counts. And then right into I'm ready. Yep. And then right into a game. We haven't stopped all year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Keys wants to know, uh, is 42 counts something that you could expand on? Could you do more with it? Oh, do more with it? Like Yeah, either, uh, I guess either another short or, or feature or something. Um, it could be, but I that's not what I want to do with it. Mm-hmm. I would say the story itself is is really kind of concise. It's, yeah. I mean, the short is literally a long story short in this case because it's like everything yeah. in eight minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, you if you were the to aftermath of the situation, right? If you were, I mean, you certainly could expand on the events of the film for sure. Um, you know, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like the idea that I wanted to get across, I don't really want to tell more. Like, it kind of, spoiler-ish alert, it doesn't, there's, like, not really a resolution in the film, which I'm mm-hmm. sure that was a critique of it. So it's open-ended so people think about it. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as the true story is concerned, it's really just, like, the part of the true story where these people discovered this horrible thing. It's not, like, the cop showing up, it doesn't turn into, like, a crime thriller situation. Yeah. Um, you could do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like when, when you, I, that was the intention. Mm-hmm. When you have uh, three characters in the story, I assume uh, it would have to be uh, important casting because you'd have to have uh, three good people uh, uh, for it. Uh, so what was the casting like uh, for four, 42 Counts? Um, well, I love Najara so much, so she's in everything I make forever. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, if she is very good, by the way. Was also in the stylist and Andrea Dover, our other lead. She, I, I had worked with her before on something very tiny, and was she's really talented. Was waiting for another opportunity to work with her. Um, and then actually, our third actor, he has a very small role, but is an incredibly an incredible presence for like. How little you see him. Um, he's Sam Williamson, and he's horrifying. Like we, after a couple like takes on set, we were like, "Holy shit, you look like a monster!" Like he's pretty amazing. How did I, we hook up with Sam? How did I first hear about Sam? Oh, um, I mean, we saw him. Patrick, uh, Patrick Ray, a local filmmaker. I was looking for someone tattooed because that's kind of a a nod to the true story not that i typecast t- tattooed people um but he he re- he recommended this freaking giant tall huge tattooed guy I was like and i found out uh sam was in american honey uh which is one of my favorite films the last few years and he was just perfect for it he's 
horrifying. He's also in our good music video. Um, he gets an ice cream cone <laughs> stolen from him. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of a funny story because the way that he looks in the good music video is the way that we envisioned him for 42 Counts. And then he had some other role or, or something. I don't know. His wife told him to shave or something. And uh, then he is all clean shaven and cut. And we said, what now? <laughs> Why we wanted him to look real gritty and gross for our movie. But, he's, you know, he still definitely pulled off the role more than Yeah, definitely. He's still terrifying. So yeah. it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, would Would you like to work with him again? I would. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. I think we are working with him again. Uh, jo- um, Jordan and I are working with uh, another uh, another guy that's done some animated uh, shorts called The Iron Detective, and he's now putting together like a live action version of it. It's a noir comic book esque type uh, type of thing and uh, Sam Williamson I think he, he talked to Sam Williamson about playing a small another real small role um, in that so I think we will be working with him eventually whenever you know that that's another project that's you know definitely you know we're trying to pull together funds and, and you know it's you know when, when, when do we have an open day to shoot another day of it's it? It's one of those things. It's yeah, we're like okay, well, we're everybody's free on this day, so let's go shoot a couple of shots, right? Or we have to shoot this location before like all the junk gets put back in it or something, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it the the production design and the art direct the art um, the art that has been done on that with the costume design and everything is incredible so jordan and i when we got involved we were like you know we definitely need to we need to you know if we light this right this thing can look incredible so we got involved mm-hmm. so uh how long did it take uh to do 42 shots you know from filming it to editing it to uh, finishing it well <laughs> a long time yeah. um probably like three months of pre-production uh, three nights of shooting. Uh, two nights. Two? Two nights. Two nights yeah, of yeah. shooting. Well, two nights and an afternoon. And an afternoon. For, for some that stuff that did not make the it film. in Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, uh, we only finished it completely a couple weeks ago. So I spent oh, wow. a seen amount of time editing it and you know, going to a deep <laughs> editing depression. And then I came out of it and now I love it. <laughs> yeah, we, we all had, you know other you know jobs and life situations yeah, that, yeah you know kind of put it on hold for a minute but but once we got it got the you know got back in there and um got it to our uh composer that did a mate did an incredible job and our uh colorist and the sound wow. designer like once all that stuff fell yeah, into place the sound is awesome we were <laughs> like every time i'd look at it i'd be i was blown away i was like we we made this. <laughs> yeah, we shot it in July. It was a little interesting editing process too. It was very not normal either because <laughs> Jill was editing, and um, it was one of those things where it's like, well, I'm gonna do it on my own computer and everything. So it like the process was a little bit backwards 
because it's coming back to back around to me and I'm I'm doing everything that we should have done like in the beginning but at the end <laughs> Okay, let me explain myself. I don't know any I'm not a tech person. I completely admit it, okay? Um I like editing as far as the story. I don't know anything about what I'm doing with the fucking sequence format. <laughs> I don't know anything about this shit. So, yeah, when we had to put it back together so like we could give it to the colorist, Taylor Jones, um, Jordan had to like go back in time and do things. I probably should just be like, how do I set this up from the start? How you're supposed to do this? Uh, it's but also that it wasn't something we wanted to rush. I knew I didn't even sure. want it to come out till probably this summer. Chattanooga's kind of was a last minute idea situation. Um, submitted it really rough and unfinished to them, but. I like to take my time with short because I want them to be able to get into festivals versus we'll finish a video in a few weeks because we're trying to get them out, you know, because that's mm -hmm. music comes out so much faster than a film. Um, yeah, even when we were shooting it, you know, the the Kansas City Film Festival or KC Film Fest that's ha happening in April, we even while we were shooting it, we knew that we weren't, we were definitely not going to be, you know, having it done and, and submitted and everything for this year at the Casey Film Fest, so we definitely were had been talking about taking our time with it from the beginning. So, mm -hmm. and I think it paid so, off. Uh, uh, Jill, do you not normally do the editing on your other shorts? Um, no. Well, I've done it on a couple, but really, really short pieces, like Grammy, which is not even two minutes long, and then a little vampire uh, blood drive piece I did which is a minute. Um, even that's the comp, I guess that that's was maybe why this was challenging. I like to be a part, like be there and be a part of it. Sure. Um, but even with the stylist, I couldn't do that. My editor was John Pata and he was in Wisconsin. And uh, John is so good. I expected every, cause I'm a control freak. These guys will say that I'm sure. I expected every time I see something to be like, Oh my God, the, everything needs to be changed. But it was, I never felt that way. <laughs> oh, how about that? She said she's a control freak. Uh, do you guys ever, uh, you guys ever butt heads at all or That's anything? Great. Do we ever butt heads? What? We've had some <laughs> arguments. Jill and Chris butt heads more than, more than, uh, hey, more than, hey, more than me. dad that has to. I'm always like, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think we've. No, we're just all anxious people, and then we say <laughs> stupid things, and then we apologize. <laughs> I think that's why we work well together. More. I, 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 I say that as a question, like with the inflection. <laughs> <at> the <end. laughs> More of my thing is, you want to do what? <laughs> like, or or the whole process of editing forty two. I'm like, okay, you did what? Like, what'd you do here? Okay, we're trying to we're trying to like reassemble we're trying to reassemble things, and I'm like, okay, well, where'd you put all this stuff? She's like, I don't know, in the computer. <laughs> it's in the computer. I mean, I'm not as bad as Zoolander. <laughs> the files are in the computer. <laughs> like Joe, come on, where? <laughs> yeah, what was that? Like a footsteps? I don't know. You were looking for something. It was like a sound. Oh, when I was doing the my very high tech editing sound design job. <laughs> There's a few moments I had to add like a door shut and footsteps. 
I don't. I recorded is, them on my phone myself. They're horrible. Like yeah, they're placeholders. I, in like two years, we sh- or a year, we should release the Jill horrible cut with the sound effects. <laughs> it's That'd like be a good one. yeah, it's like uh, the you know villain leaving the scene in like high heel clicks or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like tap 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 tap. <laughs> Maybe. He was a cross-dresser, okay? Yeah, we, don't, we never saw his shoes. You're so, right, we never saw his shoes. No. So, for all we know, he's a super Spoil, Spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, we don't see uh-huh. might see his shoes we, now, I'm not sure in the shop. <laughs> you don't want to add to anything, you don't want him to get him more angry at you. Right, right. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure we still don't see it. I don't know, we have this really epic, like, long dolly shot that's like the first time you see sam mm-hmm. uh and it's just completely terrifying but i'm pretty sure we don't see his shoes at all <laughs> i don't think you do this is not a serious concern guys <laughs> a, funny par- a funny parody though would be like to redo that shot but have him have like light up sneakers on right like, mm-hmm. you can add that can you, can you do this effect jordan now you have to do that that's the, the, that's the director's cut <laughs> you can just see Jumai and some us, some glowing, glowing shoes. Glowing <laughs> shoes have come back like crazy, and they're well, way. I know. Yeah. And wheelies. Are they wheelies? Heelys. Heelys. I always wanted some heelys. <laughs> heelys. I'm not. I'm not sure what heelys are. Oh, they've You're got the little. <laughs> oh, it's, it's yeah, throwing yeah, a little wheel in the back of the sneaker. Heel, yeah. heel, oh girl. man. Yeah, you work in, a, in an elementary school for 31 years. You know all the cool kicks. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you know, you can get really good, though, and do some sweet jumps and stuff with them. <laughs> Jordan has perfected these. I think he'll be doing some of these stunts at the Chattanooga Film Festival. If you're, yeah, if you're at Chattanooga, look for me. I'll be in the Heelys doing some <laughs> sick jumps out front. Uh, very good, but... <laughs> not, now are you, I regret that I won't be there. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so, uh, Chatt- uh, from Chattanooga, do, do you have any other festivals lined up after that? Not yet, because uh, we've only started submitting really after or just recently to everything else. Um, yeah, once we so got all the color and sound lock, locked, we in, won't we even know here back from any festivals for a couple of months still. Um, but uh, w- us three will be in Chattanooga and Najara Townsend, and Andrea Dover. S- and then Kyle Clark, one of our, our executive producer will be there for the Sunday night screening. So anyone oh, cool. around there should come party with us. Definitely. We will be <laughs> we, we hard. Yeah. And I looked at the website. Uh, they have a very cool lineup of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, my, we're, my, I don't know where to start with the story. Um, David Lawson, he's a producer. He produced like the endless spring trash fire resolution, tons of stuff. Um, he's producing the stylist feature length and he's going to be teaching a class that Sunday in Chattanooga about taking your short and, and developing it into a feature. And he'll be using the stylus as the example. So I'm pretty sure he plans to show the film also during that class. Um, so we'll be showing all of my movies. Not really, just two. But 
hopefully someone out there should hear this and give us all the money we need to make the stylus. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you're uh, going for so that that's your first uh, uh, short to feature, right? Um, short to feature. Yes. Well, right now we're you know shopping it around. We are looking for financing. Mm-hmm. That's the worst part ever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's cool though. That uh, that uh, hopefully you'll become a feature. Oh, it will one way or another. <laughs> one way or another, it will. <laughs> I'll kill myself going around scalping people if I have to. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. No, it'll be like it'll be like two years from now, and Jill will be like, "Hey guys, um, so I had a thought. <laughs> I have a she's like sixty I, days. Shoot. She's like seriously, it'll only be thirty-seven days of shooting. <laughs> no budget. Let's go. Crafty what, is what gonna it, be. What do your weekends look like? Yeah, uh, <laughs> just Aldi brand Lacroix. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> What's it called? I, I like it too. Uh, so, what, what do you have? Uh, are you guys going to work together after uh, after this? Do you have no. Do you have any plans? I can't. No. This is, no. This is the end. This is Chattanooga will be the last time you'll ever talk to each other. Exactly. Get off that choo choo train. <laughs> Um, we don't have anything well i don't know what we're doing well i do i do know we're doing another music video eventually when that comes together um Um, with one of the same artists that we we've worked with before uh that um uh loogie we'll be working with him again are we yeah sweet (laughs) i just told him on facebook today i wanted to work with him (laughs) Um, well, I I just told him that we we are working with them. The so. uh, <laughs> there's another feature that's also being shopped that needs its funding that uh, we want all we plan to all work together on. But those kind of things are just up in there until it happens. So you don't really want to talk about it too much. Jinxy. Yeah. The great part about that one though is they they've decided. I think they've fully decided to to bring it to kansas city which um kansas city hasn't had a very you know big filmmaking uh community as far as big budget filmmaking goes uh for a long time and since steph scuffum our our film uh uh commissioner who just got who just opened the office back up a few years ago She's got a, a new tax incentive program uh, for you know Hollywood movies that want to come to Kansas City and shoot, and mm-hmm. it, she's been all over the world going to film commission um, uh, like conferences, you know, basically shopping Kansas City to people and trying to get more you know work to come to Kansas City, uh, which will hopefully you know not only you know show off Kansas City, but will, you know, create jobs within Kansas City in filmmaking, which we're all real, real pumped about, about that. So the project that Jill um, is talking about, she, those guys started looking at Kansas City, and I think they've, they've decided that Kansas City is the place to shoot. So that's really cool. We've submitted that project to the Frontiers Film Market. Um, 
So I'm just going to blow my cover that when we don't get in, you can all feel sorry for us. But um, <laughs> so that's really exciting. Uh, but also my worst nightmare, because if you do get selected, you go and pitch your film in front of like 300 people, all like financiers, producers, everyone you could ever dream of meeting in like the genre scene at like one time. So uh -huh. I'm not kind of public speaking. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, I like answering questions. That's easy. But like presenting is a different thing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. In front of people. Yeah. Um, now, at, at the end of the uh, 42 uh, uh, counts, it says, uh, in memory of um, of Ben, uh, who is that? Um, that's my dad. No, I did not know. I, sorry. Huh? Oh, I did not know that. I said I was sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I put that at the end of all my stuff now. I, it, It's nothing specific about the film, really. Mm -hmm. He's just inspired me, and I want to keep his name out there somehow. Mm -hmm. when did he pass away um eight years ago okay okay so he, he didn't get to see any of your uh any of your movies he did not which is sad a very sad thing yeah yeah i laughed at deal of sad things apparently <laughs> <laughs> no it's because sometimes it's a nervous reaction but the yeah. uh yeah uh was was he supportive of, of uh you making movies did you guys watch movies together? We did watch movies. What's funny is he was definitely not a fan of horror movies. Um, mm -hmm. Neither is my mother. I don't know where I came from. Um, but he would have been all about this because he was a photographer his whole life. So he was very artistic. And like all of our family photos are we look like dead serious because he wanted to take artsy photos all the time. <laughs> That's why I like mafia freaks now. Um, <laughs> but I think he would think it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And he's just a really inspiring man. He moved here from Iran when he was only like 18 and not knowing English and figured everything out. I just think that's he's cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a good story. Um, now you mentioned uh, Najara, who's uh, in the movie, and that you would work with her forever. Uh, what was the first thing you worked on with her, and how did you uh, how did you get to know her? Um, the stylist was the first thing, and uh, <clears throat> I met her. Well, I first actually I met her because I went out to Palm Springs like four years ago to a film festival, and I was out there with. My homie John Pata, his movie Deadweight was showing, and then Contracted, the film that she's in, was also showing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's so I met her. This is an awkward conversation because of the contract. I don't know if you heard about the contracted director drama recently. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about that yeah. at all. Uh, but uh, I met her through him and just kind of stayed in touch with her. Really, I just felt like a fangirl when I first met her, but. Then when I had this script, slowly realized that, she, that with the stylist that she could really play that because that's a hard role. Um, and she just nailed it. Anyone that gets to actually finally see her act in person is like blown away by how good she is. Uh, and she's just so down to earth, has no like pretense about her. So she's no ego. She needs more of an ego, in fact. She, just, <laughs> she went to a horror convention last summer where... Uh, 
some of the girls from Etheria brought her out. And she didn't realize that, you know, like every horror fan, especially any dude's going to come up and want like a contracted picture sign. And she didn't bring it. She is so just unassuming. She doesn't even bring that kind of stuff with her. And I'm like, dude, you could be making a killing here. Like 20, normally, like, you know how the actors are, those things, it's like at least $20 a pop to sell like sure, a picture sure. from your film yeah. sign. Um, I'm just going to ramble about Najara forever. She also has another film playing at uh, Chattanooga that she stars in called Dementia Part 2, which plays Friday night as well. Yeah. So it'll be at Najara Festival as well. Yeah, Friday night. Hey, is she connected to the, the potential feature for, uh, for the stylist? Absolutely. She is the stylist. No one can ever replace her. <laughs> Very good. And, uh, now I asked how all three of you met, but uh, uh, Jordan, Chris, how, how did you guys get together? Uh, we both worked for Apple, actually. Um, so we met uh, years and years ago, kind of as we started working together. Like eight or nine years ago, probably. Yeah. And uh, just kind of realized that we both did the same thing and eventually started Method Media. <clears throat> yeah. So what was that? Two years ago, we started our own company called Method Media. But before that, for uh, probably five or six years, we, we freelanced together on a ton of stuff, either shooting or directing or producing. Uh, we, did a, we, we do a lot of stuff for like, Nonprofits uh, in town. Um, we we do a lot of projects for uh, different organizations like that, and we also have you know gone to a lot of we we do a lot of music festivals too, actually. Uh, covering you know festivals that like go on like days in a row. Like we did a festival out in Oakland once and ran all over the place with cameras there. That that was a lot of fun. Um, it was right on the water, but yeah, we've been, we've been working together as a company for like two years now. And, uh, you know, we've, you know, it's always, you know, you get to do the, the fun, the fun stuff that you don't get paid on a lot or at all. And then there's a lot of boring corporate stuff that you do get paid on. So we kind of have to balance that constantly right. and go back and forth between the two so uh yeah that's kind of how our our dynamic goes <laughs> when it comes to our company but we you know anytime we get a chance to like work with jill we, we also produce some music videos for shun that's uh cody Criccioli. Criccioli, sorry um he uh he's been around for decade decades probably um one decade one decade, <laughs> one decade. Um, anyway he yeah he's he's a he they we got a chance to actually produce help produce uh, a couple of his music videos and we're gonna do some more here in the next few months so we're excited to do that um but yeah so if you could just do the fun stuff that you like to do and, uh, and and the other stuff that, that you have to you have to do to, to, to make money to be able to do stuff you really want to do. What kind of stuff would you would you be doing? What kind of stuff would you be making? 
Oh, geez. Uh, films and music videos. Exactly. <laughs> music videos are, are just so much fun because you can kind of do anything. Like, there's nothing off the limits. You can break every single one of the rules. Uh, you can put the camera in weird places and nobody thinks twice. You can just do whatever you want all the butts you want (laughs) i want to make more gangster i mean just in gangster ass videos girls cars (laughs) (laughs) call out to all rappers hit us up yeah i want to do rap music videos and movies Uh if that's all if that's the ideal situation (laughs) fair enough uh well if someone out there is listening and does want a music video made how, how do they contact you uh, you can contact Method Media at methodkc.com. Or just, what am I even saying? Sixtape.com. <laughs> Don't go to methodmedia.com. Yeah, unless, unless you, you want, want like, your car wrapped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a different company. Jill dropped that a couple times when we weren't involved. And I was like, Jill, that's not our website. <laughs> yeah, Method- Jill. Jill, Jill told tens of people on a <laughs> stream. Uh, so the wrong website. Uh-huh. And now they're blowing up with car wraps. <laughs> yeah, so uh, methodkc.com and sixtape.com. Yeah. Uh, whichever one you get to first, I guess, you can send an email to and... Minimum of a million dollar budget that's what we're working with here. <laughs> okay, no, I, pay the bills. Sure. Yeah. We shoot on red. We shoot on red. <laughs> oh, yeah. now, I've never been to Kansas City, so I don't know. Are are there are there a lot of rap rappers in Kansas City? Yes, there are. Yeah, more than you'd think, actually. Yeah, I don't and oh, and yeah. some of them are really good. <laughs> yeah, strange music is located here. Uh, Tech Nines company and um, who else? There's Mac Lethal. Oh yeah, Mac Lethal. Man, I got to shoot a thing. I'm kind of out. Of, it's weird because I go to rap shows, but I'm a little out of touch with like the newer rappers that are cool. I'm trying to get back in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Loogie, get me back connected to the scene. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, Jill's repping Paul Wall is every uh, every moment she can get. You know. Well, I went to Paul Wall a couple yep. of months ago, and then I went to Mike Jones a few days ago. Man, I'm not Mike kidding Jones. about liking rap music, guys. <laughs> I didn't do any of those things. I didn't ask Paul Wall or Mike Jones if they wanted a video, though. I fucked up. <laughs> Jill, <laughs> it's always right. next time. I want to make grills part two. Me too. Grills. <laughs> grills part two. You don't know grills? No. Yeah, I do. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> no, Chris does not know. Chris just had a disgusted face uh, right now. I I owned two grills back in that time when Paul Wall was first huge. I lost one when I was drunk. I don't. <laughs> and then the other one I know is somewhere in my house. I don't know where. They're both vampire grills. <laughs> Jill, they're only fang, gold fangs. Jill really likes uh, to have cameos in music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so for one, I only did one cameo. Right, and now you really like it and want to be in all of them. <laughs> Weren't you exactly. In the, yeah. You were in that Tech Nine video. Oh, I've been in other people's videos that I didn't direct. Um, right. But. But you're like a local celeb, so. 
I guess that counts as a cameo, right? Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, snuck into Lugie's video. I really didn't plan on that happening in this booth shot scene we did. And I even said to him, like, dude, like, are you sure you want me in your video for a moment? (laughs) (laughs) And the whole time, like, we have actors in the booth. I'm not an actor. I'm turning to Bill, Bill Butts. Yes, that's his name. And I'm like, well, I cannot just, like, act normal. Like, I know I'm acting like I can't just be cool. I'm like, I'm on camera right now. What do I do? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she goes into full, I don't know what to do with my hands mode when uh-huh. a camera gets her. <laughs> and, then a, and then a blunt was sparked and I smoked it. Oh, oh wait. Are we going to prison now if I say that on the radio? <laughs> yes. Nah. Nah. Um, nah. It was fake weed, like in 42 Counts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Actually Hollywood did weed. talk about this. We did <laughs> order ho- Hollywood weed. I, I named it so many things. Prop weed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like this fake stuff that we could actually roll into joints for our actors to kind of smoke on camera. Um, and we got it. I mean, it looks like. I don't even know. It's like tea, dirt. We order the stuff and get it. I'm like, well, we got to try it first. We can't let our let the actors sure. get fucked up. What that if it's was like, an ex- smoked a whole joint of this fucking thing. What if it's like salvia or something? <laughs> I don't know what happened to us. I think I live I live face streamed it. I don't know what I did. Oh, all it is is uh, like those um, candy cigarettes, you know, that you used to get. A, a <laughs> that candy. would have been better. <laughs> it was just like the adult version of that. <laughs> I think the website actually said, want to look cool? <laughs> no. I did lots of research on prop weed. Which there's, there's some that they make that's like, if you're actually going to show like an up close of it so it looks real versus are they going to be smoking it? Totally different right. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think one of them has probably some legal. chemicals actually holding it together. <laughs> yeah, like like super like they glue, look like fake buds. <laughs> <laughs> one of them you'll have a fake good time, the other one you have a real good time. <laughs> so I'm just trying to normalize weed smoking in films. You know, let's every time people smoke weed in a film, they're like. Oh my god, dude! Like, let's go get pizza. Like, that's all it is, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Most people in the world smoke weed. <laughs> Everybody, everyone does. What are the laws like in Kansas City for weed? I mean, here in Massachusetts, it's uh, it's it's not illegal. Look, it's been Kansas City, Kansas City, uh, the city oh. is decriminalized. So, like, mm-hmm. if. If you get pulled that. over with it or something, you're gonna get a ticket for like 25 bucks or something. If you have, but until that happened, you would go to jail. Right. Um, and that only happened about what a couple years ago. Years yeah, it was ago? like two years, maybe. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. The, uh, the decriminalization though is this needs to. We need to go past that because it's like that still goes on your record. Like you don't go to jail, but. There's still the same sort of thing on your record. They've definitely had some hearings. I've listened to them about CBD. CBD and and uh, you know helping kids basically with epilepsy. So Mm -hmm. I I know that there are you know people in 
politics that have said no, no, no for years, and then they see these kids that are suffering, and they've literally like done a 180 and changed their mind. So, you know, it's just a matter of time, I think. Yeah, I don't know why we're talking about. I'm this glad now. that this is completely changing <laughs> to a we. Marijuana legalization. Yeah, you can, you can, you can grow it yourself here. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. if you bring the weed back around right? to 42 counts, all, all we've really done is show that when you smoke weed, uh, some really nasty things happen. Right. <laughs> no, it opens your mind and makes you find things that you didn't know were there before. That's what happens in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not punished, though. So. You get real <laughs> curious. You get real curious. That was how the '80s dealt with drugs and sex. Like whoever had a sex died, and <laughs> that was their way of teaching lessons. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it worked very well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Chattanooga, what are you guys going to be doing there besides showing your movie? You said you, sure. if people go out there and party with you. Uh, what would that entail? Well, Jordan's bringing his Heelys. He's, he's also <laughs> there you staying. Go. At a, there you go. Aren't you staying at a, at a hostel? Staying at a hostel. Yeah. yeah. Who knew that Chattanooga yeah. had hostels? <laughs> Apparently, it's I'm like scared. the poshest place to stay. I know. I know. There's a really nice yeah. hostel in Nashville. I wonder if it's like the same chain. Might be. I don't know. All I know is that uh, Adam Doria, if he's listening, bailed on me. So. Um, He's like, it's He's, like all of a sudden so expensive. Yeah, he said he got like, a job or something. You've known about something. this for two months, punk. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm going out there and I'm uh, staying at a hostel because uh, I'm just I'm sure there's room by to, myself. to lay on our floor somewhere. Well, <laughs> it's already booked. <laughs> it's already booked. Um, we will be watching lots of movies. Sure. Like, it'll be the festival the whole time. The festival also has parties within it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking... Like morning to one a.m. schedule at that festival, um, which I'm, I'm sure will go on till like four or five in the morning. It's how a lot of festivals seem to go. It's like you have the. I love festivals so much. It's like summer camp, and it's like everyone can like feel this thing. Like this is the only time we have in this moment, and like no one ever goes to sleep. So I'm excited for Sunday when all the classes are, and it's like all put, like every class is put on by a filmmaker that I know, that I know they're all fucking crazy partiers. So every person on Sunday is going to be like dead. Like, I don't even know how they're going to be a lot, like awake to teach this class. Uh-huh. That, that will be that, very entertaining. They always do that. We just filmed a conference in Vegas and the party was like at the, like the night of the first night. And then, Everybody had to do things the next day, and everybody was just like, I mean, you're in Las Vegas. Everyone's been up all night long gambling and drinking and partying. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard about at least one person being lost um, somewhere (laughs) along the way. Exactly. (laughs) I go go missing a lot. There was a lot. There was a lot of like, "Have you seen so and so?" The next morning, as we're like setting up, (laughs) hangover. They're on the roof. Yeah, they're on the roof. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just went to my first film festival. I had a really good time at Boston uh, Underground Film Festival. Oh, yeah. BFF Girls was there. Also, yeah. Chattanooga, a good, almost like the, all the cast and crew is coming up for BFF Girls, which also plays Friday night. So Friday we have your night planned. Five o'clock, you see 42 Counts. 
Then you get some dinner. Then at nine o'clock, you see Najara's film Dementia Part Two. Then you go to the what the fuck block of shorts with BFF girls at midnight. Mm-hmm. Insanity. Yeah. Booyah. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a sweet Friday night. The crowd went crazy for BFF girls at uh, at uh, Boston Underground Film Fe- Festival. And I'm not just saying that because Drill's here, but it was true. People were just... Uh, yeah, on all all the all the different parts, they, they were just laughing hysterically in the crowd. Yeah, this is not a a diss on forty two counts, but that film with a crowd will be so fun because it's so fucking weird and funny. <laughs> I I'm saw so the trailer excited to see people's and I'm reactions. Intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> it is so crazy. Very glad to hear people like reviews. People are actually saying what I th- I thought. It's so wild that I didn't know if people would really see it as uh, as positive as a message as I do. But mm-hmm. people called it educational in review in a review, and I was like, "What? I love this." <laughs> That's very cool. So, uh, forty two counts. Uh, how can you follow you guys online? Uh, I think you guys already mentioned how you get in contact with you. Does forty two counts have a uh, an official uh, Facebook page and? Twitter and everything? We have a Facebook page. Twitter, we're just using the hashtag 42 counts. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, go like our Facebook page. Yep, 42 spelled 4-2. <laughs> Not F-O-R-T-Y. <laughs> that was a debate in the beginning of this whole process. What should we do? How? Sh- yeah. Who's? What, what makes more sense? 42, the number. The number. The number. Oh, something I'd like. <laughs> the title is a nod to the true story as well. The real guy was, wait, I'm not going to say all that. The real guy was charged with 42 <laughs> counts of something. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. That's easy. Which is interesting, yeah, because I didn't understand the name until I was watching it, until the very end, and then I was like, oh, that's, that's very interesting. Same there, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, don't have a, we don't have a, oh my God, she said the title moment. Dude, someone pointed out to me years ago that like that always takes people out of the film for that moment and i was like you're right but sometimes i like it when i see it in a movie and sometimes i'm like but you're always are taken out you're like there's the title yep yep especially if it's like the rock <laughs> we did the, the swirling shot yeah the Michael Bay shot. welcome to the rock <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, it's always got great having. Well, it's always great having Joe on, and it was very cool to have both of you guys on. Oh yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Very awesome. Very cool. And hope everyone comes out to Chattanooga Film Festival if you're in the area. It'll be a good time. By the way, Healy's, if you're listening, I'll take a sponsorship. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> <All right. laughs> they never miss it. They're our biggest fans. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be right back.
here at the station of decapitation without your head and i'm still nasty neil and i remain terrible troy uh-huh. but uh we have someone new with us here we have jim mcdonahue on the line with us short <laughs> filmmaker he's he's a good dude i like this guy welcome yeah. hey good guys hey guys this is um i'm um mcdonough mcdonough and right. you know what? I love um, I love Big mispronounce I love mispronunciations. Yeah. Uh, back uh, in uh, back in like fifth grade, yeah. I, had, I was in CCD, and my CCD substitute, which is an interesting dynamic, uh, called me McDonut. So this <laughs> any, any variation is good to I, I enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. I can just add it to the list. Get mm-hmm. that one. Like remember that one, just in case McDonald's ever brings that out and say, <laughs> look. Guys are like, you know, stealing my name here from many yes. moments ago. Right. Like McDougal's and coming to America, right? <laughs> right, right. This, this reminds me at the buff. Uh, I, I was at, I was, I was thinking about ordering the crystal ball at the Starbucks, but instead I've got, it was like the iced cinnamon almond milk macchiato. It doesn't really matter what I ordered. But the thing was the, the barista <laughs> kept asking my name and then I was like, Neil and, and then he started asking me my uh, my sign, which I thought was like I don't Whoa. care. I'm not, you know, it, it does it doesn't bother me if, if this, you know, if this dude was curious, in. Right? Yeah. yeah, but then when I got my my, well, then I was kind of feeling good about myself. But then I got my coffee and I, and he wrote down my name was Leo. And then I realized why he was asking me if I was like a Taurus. And then I felt like it's that. all connected. It is. <laughs> One of my good buddies that's uh, been in one of my short films is uh, a guy that um, I grew up with named Leo Purcell, actually. Really? What do you know? Very interesting. So, uh, the time, I'm sure this is not interesting at all to anyone listening, but... No, not at all. That's that's my specialty. <laughs> well, you'll fit right in. You'll fit right in. Fair so, enough. the uh, Tiny Clones was that, was that buff. That's what the cool kids call it, buff. Boston yes. Grand Film Festival. And I absolutely love Tiny Clones. And not Thank just because you. you're on the show. Thank yeah. you so much. And you know what? You actually heard, I heard my the best review was from you, which was um, uh, Black Marifa Idiots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was hoping that wouldn't offend you. I didn't think it would, but. No, no, that's my, I mean, I, I, mean, I make, um, you know, in many cases, crappy films. So that's a high compliment for me. Yeah, and all kidding aside, like, you know, obviously it's silly and all stuff, but it also, you know, has like a serious topic in it. And uh, so that, I loved it. I, I loved the, the contrast of a very, you know, uh, silly, 
green screen and crazy uh you know effects and then uh, but also it's like trying to tackle something that is thought provoking so I, I liked it a lot well thank you so much i mean i kind of um i mean i guess i like the the idea of um if we had you know tiny clones of ourselves how kind would we be but then again, I don't really tackle these ideas very seriously. Of course, it's um, you know, like sure. to your point, it's a lot of silliness from there, um, which is you know, kind of my trademark silliness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I dug it, and that's. Uh, I mean, you. you you could you could look at more into that. What you know, as a clone human, when does it become human? There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Well, the the um, you know, the idea of cloning. Is mm-hmm. fascinating because it's basically scientifically possible here, right? You know, they can yeah, yeah. Barbara Streisand's dogs. Speaking of which, is do you guys find it strange that Barbara Streisand's dogs apparently have different personalities yet they've been cloned? Hmm. So shouldn't they have the same personalities? See, I've always see. I see. I think that's to me. No, they would have different personalities because I don't think just being you is what makes you you. I think uh, well, the this way is what's fascinating. Here we go. Exactly. And I will like have Captain uh, Kirk and uh, exactly. Shins on right which, here, uh, which I think is the most underrated of all the Star Trek films because they 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 answer the they ask the question, you know, because Captain Kirk he's uh, not Captain Kirk. It's uh, it's Picard who's fighting. Um, I'm oh, yeah. thinking of the other one, Picard Captain... and Shins on. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. right. And Picard's because he's got a clone of Picard. Who's this yep. evil dude trying to kill everybody? And Picard's like, I wouldn't do this. And he's like, Aha! But you, you would if you, you know, if you grew, if you were in the environment I was. And sure. I thought that's very interesting because he still has uh, certain traits of Captain Picard. He's a well, he's a born leader. He's charismatic. And so if Picard was thrown into something like that, you know, uh, with his, um, with with the traits that he has, which maybe he's born with. This is what the kind of person he would he would have become. So you're making a like a uh, you know a fascinating case for nature nature nurture right? But what if like in you know Bob Streisand's dog's case, it's the same nature it's the same nature and nurture. <laughs> right, it's the same per- so, yeah. But to your point though, <laughs> to be romantic, the idea of a soul is something mm-hmm. that you, we we all want to be, and I'm me included. I'm romantic about saying, well, that's why Bob Streisand's dogs having different personalities is a great sign for me. To the romantic notion of a soul, right? Yeah, you're right because yeah, because it's 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 an individual Unique. dog, mm-hmm. even though it's a it's a goddamn clone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so clone is cloning is fascinating. Whether it's tiny clones, in the case of my short film, or um, you know Barbara Streisand's dogs, it's all yeah. it's all good to me. But yeah. so you know Barbara Streisand's tiny, um, she's we're gonna have tiny clones of her dogs is is the sequel. <laughs> nice. Uh... Yes. There's a great song by by professional wrestler uh, Terry Funk called "Barbara Streisand's Nose." You know, I'm uh, not a wrestling. You know, and I, uh-huh. I appreciate the yacht and the in the uh, the theater of wrestling. And um, but I, I'm sad to say, I think we talked about this the other night at Buff. I'm not. Sure. A, I have never been a big wrestling guy, so yeah, I don't know. But I, I, yeah, but I. Well, I don't think even most wrestling fans would know know huh. what the song is. Yeah, I but, love uh, Terry <laughs> Funk, but I've never even heard of such a song. Nice. Uh, it's an amazing song. He put out an album in Japan, so uh, back in the '80s. So it's pretty obscure. That's tremendous. Yeah, I have. Uh, get a copy. 
cousins in, in Okinawa, Japan. So I'll 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 try to get a review. <laughs> very very good. But I, the thing is, I don't think you have to be a wrestling fan to appreciate the song. It's oh really? Well, no, to your point. I mean, there's wrestling. Um, you know, there's great you know Shakespearean theater and some of this stuff, and like especially you know Andre. You know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the documentary on uh, Andre the Giant coming out. On HBO, right? Yeah, I'm really excited yeah. about that. And I'm not a huge, you know, you know, I don't have a big wrestling background, but um, he's he's quite the uh, the character. I'm excited about that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I I saw pictures, and I almost said something, but I don't know how you take it. Where uh, you had your own time, your your real tiny clones at Buff, your your children. Yes. <laughs> So um, they're not technically clones. They are my children, but they are. <laughs> I, if I could have had clones of me, I probably would have tried that just because, you know, you know what you're getting kind of thing. But, um, yeah, the kids are good, too. Mm-hmm. But, but they yeah. Uh, so you, you that was your first time at Buff. And it was uh, as the cool kids call it, Buff, um, Buff yeah. Underground Film Festival. It's a great festival, isn't it? It is. I had a, I had a really good time. Uh, I was there three days, and uh, I could have easily been there all five days. But uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was awesome to watch the movies and the shorts. Uh, it's a cool area. There's stuff to do. There's a lot of places you go to eat when you're hungry and stuff. And uh, it's it was a uh, great experience, you know, meeting everybody and talking to them and going to the parties at night. So everything about it was a good time. There wasn't like you know all the movies are cool, but there's nothing else to do or. Or vice versa. I like going to the parties, but I don't really care about watching movies. Everything was a was a really uh, good experience. Did you catch the um, the hometown horror? I did not. That's I th- was that Friday. That was Friday. Historically, that's a fantastic block. It's uh, curated by that's, Chris Halleck. Mm-hmm. It's the problem was that's yeah. right when I uh, that was when I just came into town and they sold out. Oh, that's totally true. Yeah, we I had a pass as the guy who had a film there, and um, we got there kind of early, and we almost got locked up too. It's it goes around the block. It's the fourth year in a row I think they've had this block, and you know I'm sure as you're aware, like um, horror is basically the most popular genre on like the local, you know, independent scene here. When I say independent, you know, in the category of like my films, which are like you know twenty bucks to a couple grand Kickstarter or who knows, but. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but it's mostly horror stuff. So you get a ton of quality, you know, and, and like the, the whole block is really phenomenal. It's all New England. Um, but yeah, it was really great. It, that is an interesting term, though, independent film, because uh-huh. like you said, it could be someone who makes something, you know, for a few bucks. It could be someone who makes something for, you know, tens of thousands. Could be somebody who makes something for hundreds of thousands. I think even some movies that like, you know, for a few million are considered independent. It's all relative, yeah. I mean, in, you know, in theory, a, a one million dollar film in certain categories, for sure, that is an independent film, right? It's just, um, it's all relative, you know, in the space of the fact that they typically don't even make adult movie, uh, you know, adult themed movies anymore. Typically, everything's either superheroes or Pixar, uh, which is, you know, I love all of that, but you know, we don't have a lot of um, movies like, you know, whatever Rain Man coming out these days. They come out, but they're typically in that one million to four million range, where you know they're not making the mid-market, you know, thirty to mm-hmm. eighty million dollar, you know, adult dramas now. So, but it's um, it's different. So, but yeah, so independent can be a million, I guess. But it's for me, independent is is a whole other animal, obviously, right? Mm, yeah, I mean, nothing gets tiny clothes, but I assume it didn't cost a million dollars. 
<laughs> and it if it did, then you probably should, you know, think of other ways to spend your money. Well, here's what I can guarantee you. Can I tell uh-huh. you? Can I can I put a million number on it? it there was oh, yeah. a there was a million atoms and tiny clones. There we go. There's a million tiny dollars. <laughs> there was million. There was um yeah millions of yeah. yeah. But it was I had a million smiles yeah. while I was watching it. <laughs> well, that's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was really nervous. I get very nervous with the, it's funny because um, you know I've made like probably 40, 50 films with um you know my, either myself or my buddies or whatever. And this tiny clones in particular, JB Sapienza and I Sapienza, um, good friend of mine, um, who I met through Phil Healy, who had a um, a great film at the festival ASL. But um, JB and I, uh, you know, wrote this one, and he helped me write the last one. So this is my fourth year in a row having a film at Buff. Um, yet every single time, the the screenings actually get hotter. You know, so I hope I learn from, you know, make the experience of making these films. Mm-hmm. But yet the screenings themselves, I get, you know, I enjoy them less and less every year. And this was the worst, you know, the screenings themselves. I think, you know, the, I thought, you, I'd ask you, I think the reactions were fine, but mm-hmm. I get more and more nervous and uncomfortable each year. I don't know what it is. Maybe I don't know if it's me or the films. I don't know. Uh huh. So you didn't uh, you enjoyed the festival, not your your particular screening of your movie. So yeah, I mean the block, the comedy block itself, um, I loved, and I was dying, you know, and uh, you know, Year of the Snake was I loved, and BFF Girls was fantastic. There was a bunch of great films in the block, so I was totally enjoying everybody's films except for mine, <laughs> and I think I was just honestly I was nervous. I didn't know how it was going and you know i felt like it was well received but you just you know i'm very insecure though like i guess like a lot of people make stuff um Mm -hmm. you know there's moments where i love it and there's i mean i love making every minute of it but there's moments when i love the final product and i think i think people are gonna like this and then there's moments where i'm like this i want to crawl in a hole maybe they hate it you know but i think people liked it and you know most of my films i feel that way but uh yeah i sound this is it sounds like much. You, must sound like quite an endorsement here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you get a lot of reaction after afterwards? Do people come up to you at the yes, festival people, or online? People were very kind. Yes, yeah, they were very kind. I think, um, yeah, I definitely felt like you know, at least people, the people I talked to, are very nice and said nice things for sure. Yeah, no, I'm, it's more my neurosis for sure. Mm-hmm. You know how that but, works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, for for uh, how how long have you been going to Buff? So 2015 um, was my very first time entering a film festival or going to a film festival as a fan or a filmmaker. So that was the first year when I, um, you know, previous to that, uh, me and my buddy Rob were making films since like around 2008. Most, you know, everything was just for YouTube. And then, um, ironically, Michael J. Epstein, who was a guest here with you and her, him and Sophia, right? A few little, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, good buddy has become a good friend of mine. Him and Sophia, and um, him and like Izzy and Diana Porter, uh, Izzy Lee and Diana Porter uh, recommended me sending Manicorn into Boston Underground, which was so 2015. I sent that, and uh, went, and then since you know, since then I've gone each year. And I've had mm-hmm. an absolute blast. And I think, you know, at this point, I mean, it's such a fantastic film festival, you know, between, 
the amount, you know, the type of films they show and the people mm-hmm. behind it and, you know, the parties afterwards and everything about it is just perfect to the point where I think at this point, this may be sad or uplifted. I don't know, but um, I think I make half the reason I make films <laughs> is for the joy of making films. And the other half is with the hope of going back and spending those five days with yeah. you know, people like yourself and just all the filmmakers. It's just a great experience every year. Yeah. Uh, Izzy Lee has also uh, been on the show before. She and, uh, is fantastic. I love Izzy. Yeah. So Izzy's obviously in LA now. Uh, she's mm-hmm. a, you know, was in Boston with Michael forever. and Sophia too. Yeah. Michael and Sophia. Yeah. And so I, I you know, I think I, we talked about this. Michael was, um, in addition to being a buddy, he was, uh, you know, played three roles in one of my shorts that played in Buffin um, a few years back. Yeah, uh, which I watched earlier, which which was awesome. I I didn't realize he's in it till till I saw him pop up. Yeah, there's three of them in there. Uh, he was did he play three different roles or he was in three yeah, different shorts? He played no, he plays three different roles. He's um he's the man at the store, and then he plays two different. Uh, he's plays twins uh, that don't like each other. That's actually now that I'm realizing, you know, it's funny. You, you, I don't realize what I'm thinking about until I take a step back. But, um, you know, so Michael J. Epstein in this film that we're referencing, it's about idioms mm-hmm. like, you know, quick, cold, turkey, <laughs> which, re- uh-huh. which yeah. I, I love this concept. So, yeah, the idea is, you know, there's a certain idioms that we all know, um, mm-hmm. you know, quick, cold turkey, for example, or shooting fish in a barrel and. Typically, we know the origins, or we think we do. We know we know mm-hmm. the reference point. And I decided to tell the stories of the origins, yet I just made it up. I, I just made up the idea <laughs> of where brilliant. these things came from. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Michael, you know, you know, these, you know, the first one's called Idiot's Origins Volume 1. I had this plan of doing like 10 of these. And um, so I made two of them. But the first one Michael was in, and um, he plays you know, a guy at a store, but he also plays twins that kind of hate each other. So I'm realizing mm-hmm. between that and tiny clones, which is not only about, you know, man and the tiny clones he tortures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also about his brother. Who's also mm-hmm. his twin mm-hmm. and not to give too much away. There's some weird dynamics there too. So I, I, I don't have any twin brothers, but apparently I'm, I'm obsessed with, with, uh, this stuff. I don't know why. Yeah. You don't have one that you know of. Oh, goodness. Jeez. Yeah. In this dimension. Yeah. Don't get me going on dimensions. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If, if he's out there listening, call into the show. But it's well, weird because yeah, just a few weeks ago, I, I was I before I knew about these, I, I wrote some on Facebook because I was like wondering where did the where did the saying like, you know, beating a dead horse come from? Did huh. was there like a time people just like beat horses to death and then and then just kept doing it, you know, way past the, their death? It's, That's like where not. did this where did this where did this I know it's just, it's a very it's it is a very bizarre saying if you think about it. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing about so many of these idioms. They're so weird, uh, but we all know the reference point. And sometimes they like kind of they make sense, like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, if a, a fish was in a barrel, I could hit that. So that one makes sense. But then there's some like, you know, in a pickle um, <laughs> or, you know, you know, quick, cold turkey. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of these don't make any sense. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, if you're going to tell me there's something that makes no sense, I'm going to tell you a ridiculous story of where it came up and no one can prove it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the idea. So I plan on telling a bunch of these. I ended up telling two of them uh, that are on YouTube, Idioms Origins Volume 1. 
Um, and then the other one's Idioms, Origins, Another Tale, which is, um, I think the idea originally was going to just sell them one by one. But then, you know, the challenge is no one's watched. <laughs> Once in a while, one of these videos will go, you know, mini viral. But for the most part, no one's like seeking these videos out. And so it's hard enough to get someone to watch your first movie. But mm -hmm. if you're telling like sequel stories, people mm -hmm. are like, oh, man, if I, I didn't, you know, I don't even want to watch this thing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'm not going to bother to start. I'm going to watch part sequel. three. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh at that, but it's very. Oh, funny. man. It's like YouTube, you know? Hey, it uh, is what it is. But once in a while, though, you get a little lucky. Yeah. And it's like a little scratch ticket, and you get, boom, where's, oh, wait, <laughs> hold on. That was like the my manicorn, you know that one, and then the other ones. I think people like, but it's hard to get things. I to did love the manicorn too. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I like the you get a lot of miles out of the fake mustache. Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, yeah. uh -huh. I, I I have a job, and and I don't make any money with these movies. But um, if the things you know really crash in my current you know economy, the one that I make money, I think I could start a mustache store. <laughs> and, um, you know, I specialize in mustaches, but I would, I, I do have a, you know, I've, I've got a lot of wigs, and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, uh, you know, I just got a lot of good stuff in the basement. Mm -hmm. Beards. So, Beards. do you have like, you just Chest like, uh, <laughs> so do you, do you just keep all this? Like, and uh, where do you keep all this stuff? Well, so I, the, uh, the most of the films, not all of them, or elements of all the films pretty much is has is green screen in the basement sometimes i get out of the, the house which is rare but um so downstairs it's a messy basement with um it's not done over or anything and it's um there's tons and tons of masks so what's happened here is over my i have this annual game plan because you know the, the budget on these films is um you know anywhere from seven dollars to you know a hundred when i'm getting really kind of crazy Mm -hmm. uh, but every year, the you know the day after Halloween, I'll go buy a bunch of random stuff because sure. it's like 80 percent off, right? Yeah, yeah. Troy and I have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. oh you, absolutely. You yeah. guys are you know, smart men. Yeah. So you go, you know, the Manicon wasn't a Halloween deal, but it was the same kind of idea. So I bought the mask, or in the case of other Halloween items or things that I would buy over time, you, you know, typically a lot of times the prop would come first, mm -hmm. and then the idea and the, the movie would come second kind of thing, you know? So that's how you can keep the budgets really low. Have you ever heard of, um, uh, Robert Rodriguez's book, uh, one man crew? No. So his story is really fascinating. So Robert Rodriguez, you know, he's part of that early, you know, in, you know, new wave independent film mm -hmm. guys. And he made like, he went out and lived in Mexico and got, um, he basically was, Getting, he was living in a hospital, getting research done with him, having like strange, I, I could be wrong on the specifics. I read the book a few years back, but like he basically was a, an experiment uh, for like $7,000 that allowed him to then go make his movie. And when he went to go make his movie, you know, he said, you know, write his advice after, you know, making that, um, which ended up being a huge, he thought it was just going to be a movie to help him make other movies, but ended up being like a pretty, you know, big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, I got a tortoise. That's high production value. Shoot around a tortoise. I have, you know, this weird guitar. Um, let, you know, the main character's gun. I, I, you know, I ironically I haven't seen the film, but like I, I, the book's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book's amazing. Mm -hmm. And the idea, 
of shoot around what you have, you know? Um, so yeah, so that keeps, you know, the budgets low to none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Lloyd sense. Kaufman has said, uh, similar things. <clears throat> He's a character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's, the thing is, is I don't know. It's obviously it's a quality quantity discussion too, but for someone like me, who's got a full-time job, I got an eight and six year old. The fact that I can make, you know, at least one to two films a year at night around the green screen, around what I have. And granted, maybe none of these are, um, you know, masterpieces, but I think that's better than the one idea that one person potentially wants to make for five years that doesn't make, you know? Um, and I have a lot of fun doing it. And I think a lot of these ones, they do, you know, they get, good reactions and i like to kind of shit on it and I, in a lot of ways i do feel like a lot of it's crap but i think it's a, every one of them i think is great for me meaning mm-hmm. like i enjoy watching them i enjoyed making them and then i think for a certain audience they really love them and then the majority of the world thinks it's crap which is cool you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i mean a big thing to me is uh, your personal enjoyment uh like uh, we do the show here if uh well, if no one listened, I don't know if I do it, but uh, I enjoy doing it, you know, and uh, yeah, and the uh, and hey, the, the movies are they're at they're at film they're at festivals, so you know that that's something. Yeah, it that's is something, awesome. yeah, and I'm probably too much, uh, but yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right, and I think, um, I think honestly, I, I mean, I'm really into comedy, and I mean, I'm into all kinds of stuff, but I, I think I tend to gravitate to try and attempt to make comedy. And I, most of the stuff I read and, uh, you know, research is comedy related. And mm-hmm. I think most of the comedy guys that I enjoy, and this is not my intention, but most of them tend to, you know, they're constantly trying. If you're not taking risks in any way, mm-hmm. you're really not. You know, it's kind of hacking something. I'm not saying it's always hack if you're doing the same thing, but it, it can be, you know, I think it's more fun to kind of try to do something new and unique each time. And with that comes, you know, a, it's not a safe place. And when it's not a safe place, maybe it's sometimes a little dirty and it's sometimes um, not as polished. But, um, you know, sometimes you can get to a little bit more um, of your own truth, I guess, in any ways. I don't know, but it's, it's, um, it's better to go that route for me at least then mm-hmm. um I, maybe i'm wrong but i feel like i could make some some i don't know but there's certain things on youtube that i think are kind of um big hits that are mm-hmm. boring to me and i'm and it's awesome that it's really exciting for others but i, I could i would never want to like make even if 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 i didn't like appeal to my excitement as a, um, a creator I, even if it was you know millions of hits i wouldn't be worth it if that makes sense you know no, I, I, yeah, grander percent. There's, um, <clears throat> the, the idioms are, uh, are origins, uh, another tale. That one had a, had a lot of effects and stuff going on. And, uh, it really actually had kind of a Gilliam vibe to me. Uh, some of the, uh, Oh, Gilliam. I love Gilliam. Brian, uh, Len- he, I mean, that's so funny. We're, um, we're Facebook buddy friends. You know, we talk a lot on, on, uh, Facebook. He's such a good mm-hmm. guy and I respect the heck out of his talents. And he's such a generous guy with, um, Everything. He's a great guy. He's a great filmmaker too. Oh yeah. But uh, is that one of your influences, Brian yeah, Lenau? Influ- oh, well, I meant Gilliam, but uh, yeah. 
you, the, I think when you say Gilliam, did you you're talking about Gilliam the um the, the short film, right? The Brian. No, I actually no, I meant Terry, Terry Gilliam. Gilliam. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, but a Brian Lenaro is amazing. I'm just Brian I apologize. Is yeah, he is great. I, I've been watching his stuff. I thought you were talking. Dr- yeah, oh man, sorry. Uh, that. Uh, no, he's really? he's amazing. Yes, as well, and it's embarrassing. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Terry's. Yeah. You know, he's kind of. Uh, you know, the only thing that bothers me about him recently is um, he whatever. There's some kind of dark tale stuff coming about some of you know sadly about all our idols and oftentimes, but. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he's kind of uh, whatever. But yes, yeah, so his some of his films and, and his involvement with uh, Monty Python. For I love the early Monty Python stuff where they're, it's got that cheap effect looks kind of stuff. Um, Tim and Eric are huge influences for sure. Oh yeah, I love Tim and Eric as well. Yeah, you know it's funny because you know I've been making stuff for only about ten years, and it's honestly I think them specifically more than anyone. You know them and the you know there's childhood influences like the Muppets and stuff like that, that, <laughs> yep. Oh God. Yeah. I still, you know, that's still part of my DNA, but I think it was Tim and Eric because they made a show about not the most absurd, like yeah. there's no, you know, so many of the sketches like, why are they doing this? And that's part of the humor. And <laughs> uh-huh. the, yeah, the amazing... it's very, it's not only funny to me and probably the same, some sense of humor, but it's also something about it. Like this is on television, you know, this, this is, like total this is on television. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not the only ones that did it. I love The Office and The Larry Sanders Show where they, you know, they really embrace the awkwardness of the moment mm-hmm. and the silences of the moment. I tend to kind of have a lot of that. There's, you know, some of my shorts that are on our channel and YouTube is, um, you know, we go out into the public and one of them, for example, we pretended to make a, um, basically, we have this abominable snowman costume and there's, uh-huh. which is pretty uh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fantastic. So um, we, you know, it was right around the time where all the soap operas were going off the air. And we and we pretended to say, listen, you know, we know soap operas are going off the air. What if we combined soap operas and sci-fi and we had the soap opera sci-fi network? And there was this, all instead of All My Children, it was All My Snowmen. And it was the same theme song, uh-huh. but each different characters. So basically, long story short, I we made that, that intro of just different mm-hmm. snowmen. And then I went to the streets with Leo, who I mentioned, we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we paid people in the street to give honest opinions, but we told them this was a real show and they mm-hmm. hated it on the street. They absolutely <laughs> hated the show. And um, yes, yeah, so that's a video we, we captured on the streets. Um, but yeah, the more I, for some reason I have that, there's a weird part of my brain that's missing that gets really uncomfortable in public settings. So that's kind of been a theme where I, I, we, I kind of embrace the awkwardness of the moment, whether it's live or, you know, people's reactions on the internet where people really are. So a lot of people, if you look through a lot of the comments on a lot of the videos, the older ones, especially um, people got really upset about some of these videos just, and they're not like, I don't think offensive anyway, maybe just offensive to, uh, <laughs> to talent, you know, in the sense of uh-huh. just the, the lack of talent, offensive. But it's pretty funny. Some of the bad reactions over time. Uh, oh, that's pretty sweet. Did you ever see Tim and Eric's uh, their show before Tim and Eric? It was like Tim goes to the mayor. Oh Tim. God, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see the one with Michael Ian Black on there? Oh my God, I quote yeah, that one all the time. <laughs> it's an amazing show. It really uh, is. Uh, normally, if I tell anyone about it, they just like they're just like it's terrible, but. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I to love the LeBaron. Did you see the Michael Ian Black episode? It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I, me and my wife quote that one all the time. Um, he comes on to the show. and You remember this one? They kept calling him, no? It's a good uh, show. I, no, I mean, I've, I've watched the whole show. I mean, I have the, the DVD. Oh, so you've seen it. I don't yeah, know if I remember it. You, know, you know, I'd have to... It's been a while since I watched it. It's all good. All good. I get it. I get weirdly obsessive about certain things in that particular episode. Yes, but Tim and Eric are fantastic. um, They don't do as much stuff together anymore, but I'm sure they'll be back for something. I think last year they did some kind of Halloween special. Yes. I remember getting a... I never watched it, though. I don't know what happened. I remember. I, I haven't seen it, though. They are great. They uh, we saw I saw them live back in the day when they came to um, to Boston. It was kind of funny. Oh, really? Yeah, it was kind of funny because they were in like one of those you know nice theaters, and you know they're coming out in leotards with <laughs> just being totally ridiculous. And my wife and my um, my buddy and his girlfriend, you know, that was the most romantic evening night on the town. That, like, <laughs> the kind of quality you know guys we have. So. Uh, my, my, you know, so it's my wife, Tara, and, you know, Kevin and his girlfriend, Mary. And Mer- Mary says to Tara, like, isn't it so nice they take us to the theater? And it's Tara and Eric, you know, marching around doing diarrhea dances. And that was like the night <laughs> at the theater. That's our night on the town. And know. it's like at the Wang Center or someplace totally, like exactly. that. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that rules. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know that they, they were in Boston. Yeah, this is like, you know, during the run of their show. So this is during their awesome, you know, Tim and Eric's awesome show. Great job was you know, mm-hmm. the, the title, which was fantastic. So this was during their run. But, yeah, it was great. Pretty great. But they still tour here and there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did you uh, meet Michael Epstein? So forever, you know, for since, two, you know, 2008, when we were making these things, it was always just to put them on YouTube. And then one time randomly... I submit, you know, what we had a, a video that won a Shark Week contest that was on TV. Uh, it was a contest, you know, a short video about sharks that was on TV. But for out, outside of that, it was either YouTube or, you know, or nothing. And no one was, you know, it was basic. Some of the videos would get decent amount of views. But one time I saw on Twitter uh, this great guy named Joseph Bouvier put a, he started hosting this event called the Indie Mafia. Um, called the Boston Indie Mafia, where it was the idea was that the Somerville Arts of the Armory, they had a showing where you'd screen, they'd you'd submit your films. It was like not a film festival, but it was like a local event where everyone would send their films, and then they'd pick like five or six films to screen, and it was like a huge, nice venue, and it was really well done, and they'd have drinks, and it was my first. I submitted Manicorn to that, and it. And it played with a lot of other great local films. And Michael happened to be there. Michael J. Epstein was there. Izzy Lee was there. Diana Porter. And, and this whole, you know, so many of the great local actors and filmmakers um, and, you know, writers in the area uh, were all there that I happened to just to meet that night. So Michael, I met that night. And, um, you know, so that's through, through that local event in Somerville, basically. But I, it was not just meeting Michael. It was like a ton of folks that, um, you know, I met through that night that ended up, you know, I got to know, you know, quite a well through there and, you know, the underground film festival as well. Yeah. But yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I forget how I met him actually. I'm trying to remember. 
he's a generous and very talented artist. Him and you know Sophia, uh, they're fantastic. I'm really excited about oh, the yeah. feature that they're they're uh, they've they're based. They're almost done. I mean, they got a little ways to go. Obviously, it's not going to be done for a while, but they've mm-hmm. you know finished all the photography and they're they're done. You know, through a few edits <laughs> here. I'm excited about mm-hmm. it. Clickbait. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> I think it was uh, we had uh, Paul McElarney on the show, and he had did, he had worked with them and. So good. I've I, I've never met uh, Sophia. I've talked to her on the show here. I've never uh, I've met Michael once, but uh, I've I've never met her. They're I've both, never met her in person. Yeah, she's the best as well. Yeah, they're they're you know they're really great filmmakers and great people. Yeah, they're out, I miss them. You know them being out in L.A. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to make Boston Underground the last couple of years. Buff, um, mm-hmm. but you know that that's the beauty of Facebook. Though you know you you feel like you you know them. I mean you see them all the time still because you know. They're yeah. alive and well there, of course. Yeah, I remember I, when I the first time I watched Blood of the Tribids, I was uh, I was in rehab, so there's a lot of like uh, uh, physical rehab. I wasn't like on heroin or anything, but sure. there was uh, but there was uh, a lot of nurses and stuff walking around. So and there was a lot huh. of nudity on my on my laptop. So I remember <laughs> I, I went and sat in the corner and somewhere and, and it was. <laughs> Uh, watching, uh, watching That's the funny. movie. <laughs> well, it's funny because, um, you know, in that front, the you know, so that played um, at the Boston Underground a couple of years and won one Best New England Film, mm-hmm. and um, that same, you know, r- you know, the, the thing about the Boston, the Boston Underground Film Festival celebrates the unique and the weird, and one of the T-shirts, I, I don't know if I think it was that year, maybe it was the year before, but, um, you know, to your point where you're embarrassed with with, with the laptop. <laughs> The t-shirt uh-huh. actually has like side boob on it and i'd be like it's just a cool t-shirt but i forget that it's you know right, the right. person so i'd be at like a like a family party and then like you know my little cousins would be like <laughs> staring at me and i'm forgetting that i'm wearing almost you know by some folks yeah. definition uh, you know an obscene t-shirt uh-huh. but, uh, it's funny yeah you forget <laughs> yeah yeah i have a lot of uh, t-shirts like that uh, yeah, yeah. That, that probably shouldn't wear anywhere, but you can't have enough good, comfortable, weird T-shirts. That's how I always feel. <laughs> I agree, hundred uh, percent. Do you have any? Do you ever have any merchandise for any of your stuff? You know, it's funny. Um, so for the first time, I was wearing T-shirts. I was. I kept. I wanted to tell people these. I had bought a bunch because it felt embarrassing. Like people thought I wasn't showering and take. You know, because all festivals, <laughs> I was wearing. Almost most of the days I would wear a different tiny clone shirt. Sometimes they'd be the same color, so it looked pretty suspect. But people would sometimes ask, oh, can I buy one of those T-shirts, right? Mm -hmm. And have you ever seen The Social Network? Yeah, yeah. So there's this whole – I love that film, David Fincher. And I don't know if it's true or not, but – the whole movie, but this one scene where, you know, know, Zuckerberg, who's who's played by – what's his name? Um – we know who we're talking about, you know, but he's a, yeah, 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 yeah. He's his, you know, it's a great movie, but he's mm-hmm. like, you know, they're trying to put ads on the site. They want to put ads on Facebook. Ads would come now, obviously, plentiful, and they f- figured out a million ways to make money. But at that point, they weren't making any money, and they could have put ads on it. And, you know, Zuckerberg's characters, or you know, Zuckerberg is like, you know, we don't want to make a million dollars. We want to make a bit, you know, a million dollars isn't cool. A billion, actually, you no, know, I think this is. Um, What's his name? Uh, Timberlake's character says it. A million dollars is not cool. A billion dollars is cool, right? You remember the line? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not selling T-shirts because, you know, I could make $100 with T-shirts. $100 isn't cool. Now, 200 bucks. Now, that's cool. 
<laughs> so when I, when I get some merch that's ready to make the big bucks, like a couple hundred mm-hmm. bucks, then we'll talk mm-hmm. here. But we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. But I do really like the uh, whoever did the, the poster art for Tiny Clones. It's pretty awesome. So John Karen is fantastic. So I met John Karen through... There's an amazing little quit, little legacy going on here with the um, the winner of the best New England film. So uh, this year, um, I don't know if you saw the winner. Did you see the? You didn't probably see the film, but did you meet Maria? Mm, if I did, I'm not. I don't believe uh, I remember. So she made the film um, that won best New England film this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Marie, I'm so. I'm funny. She's like. I feel like she's a close friend. I'm mispronouncing her name, but Janello. She um. She she calls herself the Pug Whisperer, but she won Best New England Film this year for a film called um. And I'm mispronouncing because it's a little hard to say, but it's Anthrop- Anthropia. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, but it was fantastic. It was in the best in the horror film. But so, a couple of years before that, the year before my film won the same award, um, Phil Healy. J.B. Sapienza, the co-writer on Tiny Clones, and John Karen made a documentary called "My Name Is Jonah." It was a feature-length film that won the same awards. This, uh, this, you know, the, the best New England film here at Buff. Um, so I met those guys, you know, through that kind of thing. So and John Karen was basically the was one of the artists on that film, one of the producers on that film. So mm-hmm. he um, ended up doing, you know, the art for Tiny Clones. But it's all a very tiny, you know, small world here with the, you know, the Boston Underground Film Festival where, you know, a lot, any of the weird horror filmmakers, um, you know, weird comedies, weird horror or horror period or a lot of those folks kind of now know each other through the circuit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. They eat, everyone, you know, each other and uh, helps each other out, too. Totally. Like in a lot of cases, a lot of these folks have helped me on films like Timothy Fipe, who I met through the Boston Underground Film Festival. He was, um, you know, he, he scored my film this year. You know, obviously mm-hmm. I mentioned J.B. Sepians that he produced and wrote it, helped, you know, co-write the Tiny Clones with me, who I met, you know, again, through uh, his involvement. And uh, yeah, the, you just you tend to work with folks that you respect. If I see a film there that, you know, I appreciate one thing or another and then you, know, you meet them. And someone like myself is not really leaving the basement. So when I get out of the house, you know, typically most of my films, I'm literally in my, you know, my basement on the green screen. So, but when I do have to get out of the house at one of these festivals, I'm meeting, you know, actors like Diana Porter and, you know, talented filmmakers who do different things and who you see their work and you're impressed by and you see that they're fun and cool to hang out with. It just makes sense to kind of say, you know, ask them to work on the next thing just because, you know, you, you know them and they're fun and they're cool and they're very talented. And you that's, you know, that's kind of the almost basically the best and, you know, one of the greatest things about, you know, these communities, whether it's a festival or, a, um, you know, any any kind of, you know, the, the, have you heard about the Boston Open Mic uh, for filmmakers? Have you heard about that? Is that at the Coolidge where they I know Coolidge yeah. has something like that where it's, you do like a I think uh, it's like 10 minutes or under and. The, the way they said they have to show it, yeah. Yeah, so it's Phil Hilly and um, Adam. Um, so I, Adam Van Horace, Van Horace, Van Horace um, they basically, they run it. And there might be a few other folks that I'm forgetting, I apologize. But it's been going on for many years, and it's amazing. And it's this whole, the idea is once a month, uh, yeah, to your point, they invite 
anyone who comes who brings a film that's 10 minutes or less, they'll screen it. And so it's an amazing experience, you know, if you're making th- something to get perspective from a, you know, an audience where maybe you're not ready to submit film fe- to a film festival, or maybe you're ready and you just want to get a gauge. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you're actually getting the opportunity to, it's like an open mic, but, but you have a supportive community that starts getting built um, just because everyone's there together and everyone goes out for a beer afterwards. Um, you know, that's how I met Marino, um, you know, years back. And so Phil, uh, who's also, you know, producer and filmmaker himself, um, and Adam, they do a great job of running it. And that's every month. Um, I, it's worth looking up just because if you're in the New England area and, and in Boston mm-hmm. and just to get the opportunity to not only, you know, screen your film, but if you're interested in directing or writing or acting or editing or whatever it is to be able to, you know, get to know folks. And that's how it all happens, you know, as far as making stuff with people, you, whether it's a film festival or one of these kind of networking, you know, screening nights. Um, at the Coolidge, it's really, um, you know, that's the way to kind of get stuff, you know, go on, meet folks and get things in action, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Tim Feist, also a very talented guy. I've known he's for, the best. for several years, yeah. Yeah, he's as, he's as kind as he is talented. And, yeah, I was very lucky to work with him on uh, this new one. Um, it's so coincidental. Did, did you, have you seen Liquid Sky? Yeah. So I had never seen the film, mm-hmm. and that played at the Boston Underground on um, Wednesday, open at night. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, don't know if I, sh- I think I might have shared you this, with the story with you at the festival. I apologize if I'm repeating myself here, but the irony with Liquid Sky was that Timothy, when he was you know getting ready to score Tiny Clones, he said, you know, I'm thinking of kind of going with the vibe of Liquid Sky. And at the time, sadly, I was embarrassed. I hadn't seen the movie. I wasn't that familiar with it. And I, I actually went to YouTube and just said, looked at the soundtrack. And after about six minutes, I was like, yep, we're good. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's amazing. And then so, you know, that was coincidentally, you know, before we submitted the film in January. And then the announcements are made that Liquid Sky on the 35th anniversary, they happen to have a screening. Yeah. On the same weekend as you know, Tiny Clones is playing, which is just bizarre. And then the other kind of strange reality is the uh, Timothy Fife, who had done the score and time, you know, for Tiny Clones that was based on you know Liquid Sky can't make the Liquid Sky screening because he's at the same time they're doing the Liquid Sky screening, he's doing the open and night party music, he's mm-hmm. doing music the same time as the screening, so. You know, choices to make. I had, you know, between seeing Liquid Sky and supporting Tim, I chose to go to, you know, the party and support Tim, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. And uh, cheap uh, plug for the site. Uh, I interviewed the director, uh, Slava uh, Sukerman, before. Uh, no way. Yeah, this, which I don't think I looked it up at the time. I, I don't think he's done any other podcast. So. As far as I know, it's the only uh, podcast you interview. You get with that him. out there. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I'll get that out there. That's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was a great interview, and unfortunately, he couldn't make. He ended up uh, canceling, I think, because of the weather. You know, it was supposed to be a lot worse than it was, but uh, it freaked a lot of people out. I was scared. Yeah, and I live about an hour away. You're about what an hour and twenty minutes on our. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it ended up not being bad at all. Mm-hmm. No, no. Which, which I, I was not a. Uh, I was not, uh, I mean, I was very happy about it because I had lost uh, power several times uh, Ugh, in the last awful, couple huh? of weeks. And yeah, 
Yeah, that. it's like I'm when I was a kid, I didn't have the internet or a phone or anything. Uh, I don't know what the hell I did. I don't know. Oh my god, the more stuff we have, the more stuff we crave, right? And uh, yeah, you know, do you find that you notice your um, when you, when your phone's like sitting down on the ground or something, or you're you're driving <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like sitting in a console, and it's almost like it's um electric. It's like um it's calling for you. You know, you're like, uh-huh. oh, let me check what's. Let me check. Let me check. And it's like it's yeah. really kind of it's kind of freaking. It's becoming part of us. It's kind of scary, right? Yeah, it's weird. I didn't have a phone until um, maybe it was five years ago. Uh, I just wow. never thought I needed one. And then uh, uh, Annabelle uh, joined the show, and she talked me into uh, getting a phone. And uh, it's been all downhill since then. But uh, well, yeah. But it's, it's probably it's... a good thing I have one, I guess. But so, how long have you been doing the show? Uh, since well, I've been uh, 2006. Wow, that's awesome. Troy and I, uh, and uh, and John, who's no longer on the show, but uh, we started the show in 2006. Troy, how did you guys meet? Oh, well, Troy and I actually are brother. my brother. Yeah, <laughs> even better. Yeah, yeah. I met that's him easy. when I was eight years old. <laughs> wow, nine, I think. Uh-huh. Nine, I think. No, I so was eight. Who's, who's yeah. older? I am. Yeah, Troy's older. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> people don't know we're brothers usually because they say we have different voices. But yeah, Neil yeah. has no accent at all, which is always kind of weird. That is weird. Well, it's funny. Yeah, if you base, you know, your how you you know how familiar you are based on your voices, I wouldn't have assumed you're brothers. But that's not how it all works, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. They proved that with Barbara Streisand's dogs. <laughs> <laughs> And unlike a lot of brothers, we get along well. But I think a lot of it is because there is a big difference in age. That's true. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm lucky in that sense, too. You know, me and my um, brother and sister were very lucky to uh, be cool with each other, which makes me nervous about my true potential as a comedy maker because, you know, it seems like all the really true greats are, uh, had really terrible upbringings, you know? <laughs> uh, what am I going to do here? Uh, maybe maybe we can torture you or something yeah, for a week. Something. And, and, and it'll skyrocket. It's never too late. It's never too it's late. Never too, <laughs> it's never too late. Well, I think I'm trying to torture myself in my films, that's for sure. You know, the new one, obviously, <laughs> it's all about a guy who tortures tiny versions of himself, you know? <laughs> now, you see, when Neil had told me about this one, I had wondered if it would be kind of like trading cards. You know, you'd get like a bunch of clones of yourself and trade them with your buddies and get awesome. clones of other people or how so that would I, work out. I haven't seen it yet. Well, you'll have to, um, Neil can, you know, can totally share the, you know, he'll have to get us a, a screening here, but, um, you know, it's, um, there is strangely enough, there's actually, I had to, I like to world build before, even for these silly short stories, ideas. I, I actually have like a rationale. <laughs> Or all of it <laughs> right, behind right. it, um, you know, because you, you have to, I guess, in a, in a way, if you're writing something, you got to kind of dig into the back. I mean, you don't have to, I guess, but it yeah, it kind of lends. What's that? Yeah, you probably should, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess think it can hopefully give it a little bit more um, characters, give it a little more depth if if it has a backstory. Right. But it, it's it's even if it's the silliest, most ridiculous. Um, promise idea possible, but the idea was that if you know if you're cloning yourself, with because the process is imperfect, you know, you'll get one where let's say you're a thirty percent asshole, you know it's a hundred percent asshole. 
Okay. Um, which was actually a line that we was in the script, you know, that was like part of it that, you know, we ended up just time where it was kind of redundant about cutting out. But so, you, you know, the, one of the clones was going to just be a total asshole. And, <laughs> you know, but, but each, you know, each element of your personality would kind of have an offshoot of these tiny clones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're an asshole, you get one that's all asshole. If you're whatever it is, you know. Um, so that was, you know, I guess what I foresee is maybe some of the early issues with cloning we have to watch out for just to be aware, you know, mm-hmm. you know this is a cautionary tale. I like it. <laughs> There's a cool uh, short story by Harlan Ellison called How Interesting a Tiny Man. Which Sounds right up my alley. Read. And it's about this, well, it's not a clone, but it's a scientist and he makes like a three-inch tall man. That and sounds very interesting. that happens to him. You know, I'm really, you know, it. I really love themes, whatever. I don't know why. Uh, Alice in Wonderland has always been near and dear to my heart. But just the idea of not just tiny versions of people, but just the ideas of being stuck in scenarios where you're tiny, everything else is big, which isn't, you know, because Alice in Wonderland isn't necessarily about tiny things. It's about that concept of being, you know, small and big and, you know, off filter. Mm-hmm. In the in such a weird book and movie and every you know um, mm-hmm. uh, you know the old Disney cartoon and the you know the books of course um, but just the the whole you know pl- I just love those themes so you know Idioms Origins Volume One has a bunch of that where there's dimensions going on where you know in one dimension you know there's a car running through a regular world and then in the next dimension he's running through my kids. Um, who's, you know, playing with his toys and all of a sudden, you know, the, the guy in the car is on the floor, you know, and my, my son is chasing him and, (laughs) you know, he's, you know, in the, it's, it's a kind of a continuous theme. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it says about me. I don't know, um, know what it means, but, uh, these themes are continuous for whatever reason. I like it. Thank you. So what kind of dog is that? We're actually getting a dog in our households in the next few months. What, what kind of dog am I hearing in the background? Uh, Shiba Inu. We have two of them. Is that a Japanese style? Yeah. yeah. Those are wonderful dogs I've heard. Are they friendly? Oh, yeah. Super, super friendly. Yeah, really friendly. Yeah. Two of them. Wow. Kind of high energy. Uh, they're a year apart. Nice. But if, you, if you're looking for a dog about 20, 25 pounds, a great dog to get. Interesting. Yeah, we're going to get something. We're excited. We've never had a dog my whole life, so I'm excited to have a dog. Yeah, for myself, for the kids, and also for. um, I just have a feeling they're gonna. It's gonna whatever kind of dog I get. It's gonna become part of the. uh, It's gonna become characters in these films. I know it. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) no doubt. Dogs in space is. is, I'm seeing. I'm Uh seeing it now. (laughs) It's probably been done, but I can make. I can make it better. As far as dogs, you're gonna have to think about like. If you want like a high energy dog that you're going to play with a lot or a low maintenance dog, because I've had both. Interesting. Did you have like a bulldog before or something? Well, a pug who was kind of like, like a doorstop. Yeah. Those are sweet dogs. Yeah. But they're very yeah, quiet, right? Interesting. Yep. yep. Tough decisions. Yep. Yeah. But Troy, both Troy's dogs are very cute and very, very nice. Oh yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen them for a little while, but uh, 
Oh uh, no! I, I, so you 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 guys are down the Cape, right? I'm on the Cape Troys and uh on off the Cape Wareham. Wareham's the Cape, isn't it? We we're the uh, I forget what the hell we're called. We're like the well, it's, it's not I the think entrance the, to the Cape. Yeah, because it's before you get to the bridges. So. Yeah. Oh, it's we're not just on different sizes sides of the bridge. I yeah. should know this, being a guy from the South Shore. I grew up in Whitman and live in Hanson. But, um, oh, okay. We, we, my parents used to have a like a little tiny little uh, cottage that was, you know, about three hundred and fifty square feet. It was, but it was wonderful um, down in Sandwich. And so we that's where we, I am. for a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, that's we where Neil is. Yeah, it's a really nice little town there. For a couple of years they had it, and then they sold it. But it was it was um, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, I grew maybe up I saw them. <laughs> Say it again. I, might have, I said maybe I saw them when they were in town. You never know. So yeah, we used to go. This was I would go down with them during the summer. This was like nineteen eighty four, eighty five range, oh. and then. Um, but I could probably drive around and show it to you, but I couldn't tell you street names or any of that. You know. Mm-hmm. This must be yeah. riveting for all the folks that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is for the people that don't believe there really is a town of Sandwich. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm uh, like last year, this became a meme, the sandwich police, because someone, you know, someone not from around here saw a picture of, you know, a cop car that says sandwich police on it. And then it became sandwich a meme. Police. That's yeah, great. And then, and then everyone in the world knew <laughs> me. And so the first few times was very funny. But after a while, I was like, yeah, I know. I, and I feel bad. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to just ignore it, but. It's like I've seen it now, like, you know, 875 times. Yeah. <laughs> Would you notice people start more and more to just, like, their comments a meme? It's like, so we're, at, we're past the point of, like, just someone putting a funny, con- like, a meme. You know, funny people tweet a meme or post a meme. But we're mm-hmm. at the point now where that's now kind of becoming the communication, right? So, <laughs> it's and so true. There's, there's, there's so many memes that do hold meaning, whether it's from a film or through just an invented idea that people put on there. But can't I was thinking of this idea for a short where you have um couldn't you picture in the future where people are just like kind of communicating? It's like newspeak. It's like newspeak. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. They yeah, almost do now. I mean yeah. a lot of people get a lot of people get their news from memes. Well yeah, so and it's like for every sentence you say there's a, a friend slash you know, SpongeBob slash you know, you name the cultural Mm-hmm. reference there's something mm-hmm. for it with a gif every single thing you know mm-hmm. the office everything everything yeah. you name the thing it's now like on their phones it's like a function of facebook and texting it's just it's right at our fingertips mm-hmm. but yeah it's def- it's definitely uh <laughs> the mean i don't know what any of this says but i think it's just fascinating to see how it's all going you know it's um <clears throat> It's both interesting. It's it's exciting and scary. Did you, mm. you guys? Well, I never... think people even see memes and think you know whatever's on them is like fact. Well, yeah, yeah. People think it's like it's somehow every meme is just some somehow it just proves something. You know what I mean? It's some kind <laughs> right. of like a, a official record just because it's been memed. Listen, uh-huh. I've made I've made you know gifs or gifs or whatever you call them of manicorn. I'm telling you right now, if there's gifs or gifs of manicorn, that uh-huh. means none of it means shit. <laughs> you know? but but they, but people, you'll hear people see people put a meme as like the answer to 
an argument, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything's it, been settled then. You know, sorry, move on. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that, that means we're very lazy as a people. Yeah, I think that's the lowest. We form just get lazier and lazier. Yeah, it's like, well, that's where it's maybe potentially scary to think it's the of evolution, you know, of, of um, communication. You know, you, yep. you see, um, you know, I don't want. Now I'm going to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but you see, you know, texting is devolved to the point where people are no longer using necessarily. And I'm not saying we got to use great grammar when we're texting, but there's, it's kind of become more acceptable that communication in that sense is not even following any spelling grammar rules kind of thing. So if that's the next extension. And then, you know, memes and it's all, you know, it's communication is changing dramatically and, and rapidly. And it, I'm not saying this is even bad. It feels bad and it feels scary because I'm getting old. It does. Because I'm getting old, you know, and for younger folks, I'm sure it's not as scary. Yeah. Do you th- uh, here's an idea for a short for you. Very short, short. Please. Just be like short. a uh, a short, short. Just be like a stand-up comedian, and the and the crowd just holds up signs that say "LOL" on them. <laughs> he has a meme that he puts up, and then they they respond. <laughs> yeah, with the there you go. And he's like, yeah, he's like. He's like the new kid. Yeah, he's like the new carrot top. He's a meme. <laughs> well, to that point, I mean, I'm guilty of it. You know how we're so quick to use our emotions now on Facebook posts. Like I'm very generous with the hearts and the shocks and the um, sure. the, the laughing oh, hearts. Yeah, I do that so, too. Yeah, so the LOL goes up, you know, in the, or the happy face. It's a lot easier than actually laughing, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, laugh takes good. energy. So yeah, then then if you LMAO, then you you know they've really said something. Fun. <laughs> then yeah, yeah, then you got the crowd at that. Point <laughs> you hit the big time. Yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, where do now? I could not find this actually. Do you have like a Facebook besides your just Facebook page? Do you have like a a page where all all your stuff goes to? So there is a Facebook page, um, Friday Night Films. That um, I don't, I don't know how, if there's any other Friday Night Films on Facebook, but it, it is. There is a page that um, I post photos when you know the, the when the shorts being made and the next thing and when it's playing at local festivals, whatever. Um, and then on YouTube, we have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Vimeo channel, but YouTube. I like. I just. Prefer, I just keep the focus. I on like YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, it's just easier for me, whatever. But I have, you know, a Vimeo page. But I tend to the focus is a little bit more on the YouTube just because it's, um, you know, easier for me to work with, whatever. But um, the easiest way to find the YouTube page, ironically, is because Manicorn, there's all, it's the top search on Manicorn. If you search Manicorn, the, the short film Manicorn, mm-hmm. um, that just, then you can just click on the, the, the page from there and it gets you to all of the foolishness of the rest of, our yeah. videos and there's a yeah, wild... I did subscribe to you earlier on, on, oh, on YouTube. Oh, I'll have to subscribe back. I got to find you on there. Right. Yeah, there's um there's a wild collection of um you know, I some of them are funny, some of them are embarrassing, some are embarrassing and funny and mm-hmm. some of them are just bad, but um I think none of them are boring. Mm-hmm. But I think it's worth diving in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I did find uh, and I just uh, joined your Friday night uh, films. It's very cool. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'll be sure yeah. to find you on YouTube as well. Yeah, and I like this. Uh, I like that I can see the little tiny house. Uh, 
with the with this, the big pile of dirt on the green screen, which <laughs> makes me very uh, well, it makes me laugh. I like that. Yeah, you know what's kind of funny is um, so JB Sapienza, who is you know my co-producer, co-writer on this, he um, was fant- He was just so helpful um, helping me write it, and um, originally. Uh, I'm actually going to give some stuff away, but he came up with the idea of destroying a house and I'm probably giving away a lot, but you know, the reality is who's going to freaking see these things anyways. <laughs> nah, but no, but he just, you know, there's this miniature house and these tiny clones, you know, destroying the house. And I was, I was just a perfect idea. And I don't want to say more because if you see the film, I don't want to yeah. spoil too much, but having said that though, the idea, but it was breaking my heart, the idea of destroying any of these houses. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you know the, the the term they use for in a film when like it's the main R2D2, the main Falcon, or the main car that doesn't get destroyed? Mm-hmm. You know what they call it. I just learned this. It's called the hero. When they have all these other ones that are going to get destroyed, those are the other. So I had a duplicate done of that house. Ah. Where, you know, there's miniature you know wallpaper in it, and there's mm-hmm. I use my cell phone you know, the flashlight in it to radiate so it makes it seem like there's really lights inside. So I kind of took the roof off and put a little cell phone flashlight on. Um, you know, and there's blue and black, but with the with the the second version, you know, it's a real cheaper version. I didn't put as much time and attention to it. So that's uh the non hero. Uh-huh. Very cool. I geek out about this stuff. Sorry. I like it. I like it. Oh, I was very happy when I saw something new now. Uh, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm honestly scrolling, scrolling through here, and it's uh, it's cool looking at the house uh, being built. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. it either. It's pretty sweet. That was um, from uh, Michael's. I got a, one of those little houses. And uh-huh. like a lot of the props are either my kids' <laughs> toys or, you know, arts and crafts from the local, you know, Michael's. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's very cool. All right. Well, it's been awesome to have you on the show, and we'll have you back if you. Excellent. Thanks for having me. It's great. I appreciate the time, guys. Have a great night. Man. Yeah. You as well. It was the same. A lot of Thank fun. you much. Enjoy yeah. the and time, it, guys. Thanks, man. And oh, and by the way, I also really yeah. like this uh, the the, uh, the snowman. He's pretty sweet. The bombless snowman. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> to say how many snowman videos we've made, but yeah, the MTV bombless snowman, uh, true life. Is worth checking out. Uh-huh. Thank you, thank you, buddy. Is he, is, he, is, is he the snowman of Boston or that? All right, hold on a second. I know I'm going to go. Here. The idea of Boston, I guess. So that's yeah. a fascinating story. So uh, um, they're they're unconnected, mm-hmm. and um, to start a little controversy here, he's the Yeti of Boston. But I just you know you look at some of these YouTubers. They're they're they've been around for a while. Is all I'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but he's he's the famous one. Uh-huh. Um, my my one that was on um, you know mine haven't you know become as famous but I think I have some fun snowman videos on my channel nonetheless but it's a totally different guy. All right, <laughs> very cool. All right, we'll be have back a good here. one, guys. Thank you. You as well. Thanks. Take care, from ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. Here come the night. Mostly, they're coming.
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. All right, we're back here once again at Without Your Head. I'm still Nasty Neil. And I continue to remain terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, big thanks to our guest tonight. It's been a lot of fun talking about uh, short films with uh, both of our guests. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, thanks to uh, everyone listening. Thanks to uh, our music of the month here, Deadite. Yes. Uh, the Tomb of Nick Cage for creating our theme song. I uh, love that theme song. Yeah, it is, it is really good. Uh, see Izzy Lee listened to the interview. Thanked us uh, for uh, the shout out. Oh, so, very nice. Very cool. So I want to mention uh, Boston Underground Film Festival. I had just an amazing time. It was my first film festival. And uh, it was a very productive weekend. Uh, did a lot of very good interviews. I watched some great mo- uh, films and shorts. I uh, met a lot of, you know, networked with a lot of uh, people, you know, in the area. Uh, met a lot of, you know, independent filmmakers, you know, from, from other countries. It was, I uh, had a good time at the parties. There wasn't a, a bad moment. It was just a, a wonderful time. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, good I, to hear. And it's definitely something I would like to do more of the uh, the film festivals. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be a good time. Yeah, it was it was excellent. It was, it was a really good time. So there's a bunch of interviews already up on the website. Uh-huh. Uh, we have uh, the cast and the crew from uh, the BFF Girls, mm-hmm. uh, Isa Lopez, who uh, who made um, Tigers Are Not Afraid, which uh, won for a best uh, movie, I believe, it was best. Uh, Fan choice, I believe. Who uh, how they picked that one? Uh, Slava Sukerbin, who uh, directed uh, Liquid Sky. Uh, there'll be a bunch more uh, coming uh, video interviews. <clears throat> so uh, let me just uh, go over some stuff quick. Uh, was it there uh, Wednesday or Thursday? <clears throat> but uh, they they showed a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, Wednesday was uh, my name is Maisha, which I heard great things about. And uh, Liquid Sky, which uh, is a crazy film. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, it's a very visual movie. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, uh, Thursday was uh, Touching from a Distance, which is uh, the shorts program. Pin Cushion, which um, <clears throat> Jason liked quite a bit over on the website. And uh, The Theta Girl, which I'd also seen, <clears throat> which I didn't know uh, uh, the director was in attendance. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, let's see here. So the ones that I uh, so I missed the homegrown horror because uh, I too had a pass, but uh, it was uh, it was uh, packed and was sold out, so they didn't have a seat for me. Wow. But uh, that's too bad. That's but uh, for, yeah, that's good for them, up. though. Yeah. Uh, Queen of Hollywood Boulevard. I love this movie. It's uh, very uh, '70s style. Uh, it takes its time. It looks, uh, it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's about, um, <clears throat> uh, the, 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 um, <clears throat> Queen Mary who runs a strip club. Um, okay. so then, uh, so then like, uh, kind of mob guy comes to, uh, to get, uh, cause she's in debt. He mm-hmm. takes, he takes the, he takes the club 
and then it's you know kind of the battle between between the between the two and uh just a great movie uh rosemary um Hothschild, who plays uh, queen mary in it is just fantastic uh and uh it's the last um last acting role for michael parks who was who was great in the movie and what's interesting is uh, Orson, uh, who directed it, Orson uh, Obelwitz, is uh, Rosemary's uh, son. So oh, no uh, it was his, his first feature, and, and apparently they, they have a uh, distribution deal, so that, that's great. Um, I don't want to say too much about the movie because there's an interview I just posted, um, and I'll post it you know, on Facebook and the website and everything after uh, the live show tonight. But I have a forty-minute interview with them uh, from the uh, from the festival, talking all about Very the movies. Nice. Uh, I hope people dig that. Um, Let the corpses tan. I have to admit, I'm going to be honest here. That movie, I just was very rough. I could not, I could not take it. Oh, really? It was like an assault on your senses. It was like very loud and all these like very up close, like in people's faces. And I can't say. It, that's right. It's a bad movie. It's very artistic and stylized, but definitely was not for me. It was very hard to take. I remember when they, when they introduced it, they said it was a, a frustrating watch. Oh, which put me, uh, I was like, Oh, and it was, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could have done that one then. Yeah. It was not for me. Uh, trigger warning was, uh, the first, uh, <coughs> excuse me. My throat's kind of shot actually from the weekend. Uh, Trigger warning was a, a great uh, shorts program. Um, so it was all like stuff that's like really like offensive and meant to be offensive. Mm-hmm. So two in particular, I remember from this, like uh, it made me laugh because it, it clearly made the crowd uneasy. So there's this one short and it's like, it's, so it's a transvestite is the white woman. Mm-hmm. And then it was just really over the top. Uh, with uh, like you know grotesque features, black guy with like black like totally black skin and like the big eyes and like uh, almost like the like the you know the racist cartoons of like the twenties. Oh, okay. And so he's like going after the you know like ooga booga kind of stuff. <laughs> and so she's like praying to the Lord, and down from the sky comes a white knight who's a clansman. Oh. Who then proceeds to lynch the uh, the black beast? And I was like, "Holy fuck! What the hell is it? I don't know what I would have thought if, if I watched this movie by myself. I don't know if I would have laughed or what the hell are they doing? Uh, I did laugh, I have to admit, uh, because it the crowd just went silent because you could tell like they felt very uh, uncomfortable, which. <laughs> Made me laugh. It was almost like they were they were uh, trolling the audience, especially oh, okay. the audience. It's a very liberal crowd. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so, so that was wild. But I got to say that the last uh, short on this night was uh, it was uh, Queen Kong, and, and so uh, it's kind of hard not to spoil this. So it's going to be a spoiler. Is uh, so uh, the setup is a guy. It's at a party, and uh, older guy, probably in, like his fifties. And uh, this uh, woman who's not like real young, but probably in her forties or whatever. And this, so they're uh, they're they kind of wander off in the woods and they're gonna have sex, but he can't he can't get an erection. So you do see you know you see you know you see nipple and you see penis and stuff. Uh, so then she darts off into the woods 
And then so he goes out there to take a leak water. And so then you see her again, and now she's like a, a monster. She's like a nymph, you know, of the world. Oh, okay. Like a more monstrous one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So almost like a, you know, like a real satyr look kind of. Okay. And uh, and so she starts, you know, she's like tackling him, and and she just like you know sits on his face, and you, it's very graphic because like, you see like this drippy wet monster vagina, and it's not, not like it's like so much makeup where it's not a person anymore. I mean, this is. You know, it's her, and she's got like a tail come out of her butt, and uh, so then he starts to get hard, and then so she's blowing him, and then she's riding him, and then like she bends over, and he starts doing her, and it goes on for like fifteen minutes. It's like <laughs> straight up, you know, like hardcore sex scene, and the crowd again, like I actually, I honestly thought this was a well made short though, and oh. I do think the sex made sense within the story they were telling. It wasn't like. It was, you know, thrown in there for no reason. It was the story of a nymph, you know, a right. forest nymph. And this was the thing that actually got him aroused. So, like, the story they told was good, and the mo- it was a monster, and all that work. But uh, but I did not expect to see, you know, like, so much, uh, <laughs> you know, penetration on, on the big screen. And so then like, some of the people in the crowd are like, why are we watching this? And that, that I, again, it made me laugh, because it. Uh, there's something about, uh, as, uh, as Jim said earlier about awkwardness and awkward moments and, uh, people get kind of offended and stuff that, 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 uh, speaks to the, the troll in my heart. So I, I enjoyed that. So that was a good way to end that, that night. <coughs> I like the, I like the setup on that. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So, uh, <clears throat> so I missed the Saturday morning cartoons cause I had to do a lot of the interviews. Unfortunately, because I was looking forward to that. Um, I missed some of the stuff after that because I was doing the, the interviews today, that day. But uh, I um, did see the Comedy Maybe block, which was, oh, it was fantastic. There were so many great uh, comedy shorts. Oh, really? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, BFF Girls, which uh, we both saw before. Which yep. I loved it. I'll just go over uh, my first. I remember my first Beer Man. That one was very funny. Uh, breakup was funny. Motherfucker. I didn't care too much for motherfucker. Year of the snake was hilarious. It was about, uh, this, this snake, that this guy gets a snake and, you know, and like his roommates, like, no, we can't have that. He's like, okay, I guess I'll throw it away. And so he just throws it in the trash and then it comes out night and, and attacks the dude. It's just very absurd, but it's awesome. Uh, I won't go over all these because there were quite a bit now that I think about it. Tiny Clones, which I love. That was very funny and really bizarre. Uh-huh. Yeah, that one I'd really like to see. Yeah. Oh, Robo Greaser, Troy. This was a, this was a highlight, too. All right, what's that one? It's kind of like RoboCop, uh-huh. but but he's uh, he's a uh, like a greaser. So he's like a 50s greaser. He's like the Fonz. Yeah, but he's a and he's a roller skater. So he works at this roller skating rink that goes out of business because no kids don't roller skate anymore. Okay. And then he just like he kills some people. It's <laughs> it's very funny. It's okay, totally good. totally bizarre, and very funny. Uh BFF girls fantastic. Uh Mailman was very Yeah, this that was just a really great block. That was a a lot of fun. Uh, the Ranger was, uh, I really dug this too. It was um, sort of like an 80s slasher. Uh-huh. Where it has like the killer. 
Was he like a park ranger? He was a yes. Oh, okay. So, which I never. I've not, that's one I've not seen before. Yeah, that's pretty. I've awesome. not seen the killer, you know, uh, ranger, forest ranger, and so it was the setup was like uh, this girl goes back to the cot this cottage where it's her dad, her, her dead father, her uncle had, and um, and she brings her friends with her. Now she's a punk rocker, and <laughs> so it's like the punks versus uh, the park ranger, and oh, nice. uh, so. It's uh, it's really interesting because it's a lot of it is, like I said, the '80s kind of slasher because there's a lot of cool kills and cool blood, and uh, and one-liners from the ranger, but then there's also a little more seriousness at times. So, but it was a really good movie, very unique. I liked it a lot. Was it also a short? No, that was a feature film. Oh, okay. That was a good one though. I really liked it. And I have an interview with uh, the director, Jen Wexler, who was, who was super cool. Um, I missed the rest of the stuff tonight because I was at the karaoke party. And which nice. was cool. I get to meet a lot of people. I, did a, I, I nailed the Monster Mash. was very happy with that. And it's up. It was one you of the, the cool backup party. singers and everything. Yes. Yes. So big thanks to Nikki and, and Levy, Levy, I believe, uh, who are my backup dancers. Livy still owes me a drink. I bought her a drink. She said she'd. By next one, she did not. But oh. uh, <laughs> next that's year, fun. next year, exactly. Yeah, I've known Nikki for a long time throughout different uh, uh, movies and stuff. She's always very nice. So that was just a wonderful time, great time. Um, the secret screen screening was uh, Ghost Stories, which I it's too bad I missed it, but at the same time I had such a good time at the party. You know <laughs> what can you do? Uh, it's one of those things you got to kind of pick and choose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something wicked this way comes. I had to miss because I actually interviewed uh, the directors of it, and then they showed the movie. But then I had to interview some other people. Uh, oh, Jen okay. Wexler actually. It's so I missed it, but I really want like to see it. It's a documentary about um, Boston uh, horror people. Oh wow! So I'd like to see that, and about kind of the history of uh, horror within bot within the area and everything. So it, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing that when it when it's available. Mm-hmm. So I missed the next couple movies, but I did see uh, Mex man, which is another great, uh, really this, I think that's just, it was a surprise. The movie for me, uh, what was it called again? Mex man. Okay. And it's a documentary about, uh, Herman who's, a has all this potential to make like super creative guy. Mm-hmm. It starts out, he's, super creative guy he's just that just ideas is like bursting and he's makes all these puppets which are beautiful and just like really ornate and, i mean they're silly and stuff and so he gets uh he made this um this short movie in film school called Mex man and so then he meets this producer hollywood producer and he's like well i like this and i think we can make a feature go out and give me like a proof of concept video and come back to me and I'll give you the money to make it. So he goes out and then right away he starts going on this really a, just elaborate side thing to make this uh, video for this girl that he has a crush on. He hasn't seen in like 10 years. And so everybody's like, well, shouldn't you be working on the script? You know, cause this is like a big, you know, yeah, your chance, right? Yeah. And so it's, you know, all about this guy who's got all this creativity and this big opportunity and what, you know, 
he go what he does instead and uh not really been able to work with with other people and but the but um there's also like villains in this because the two brothers he's working with they basically cut him out of of next man mm-hmm. because and i and some people actually take their side and i think it's kind of like do you take the side of the pragmatic person who's doing what uh, like they think is, but they still take advantage of the guy. Yeah. Or do you, t- or do you take the the side of like the dreamer, the guy who's got the the he's got the charisma, he's got the he has the uh, the the creativity. It's all his ideas and stuff. And to see the other guys like you know kind of cut him out of it, it's uh, you know uh, it's like, kind of sad. You know, yeah, no matter who yeah. you side with on that. It's one. really, it's really, uh, it's really emotional documentary. I, I really uh-huh. like. That sounds really good. I'd like yeah, to see that one too. I like that one a lot. And uh, Tiger's Not Afraid, beautiful movie. Um, can't say enough about this. was a movie I think everyone would love. If you like uh, Guillermo del Toro kind of movies. Oh, really? It's, it's so good. It's uh, about these group of kids, uh, five Mexican kids. It's in Mexico. Uh, all their, They're homeless because their parents have been abducted. Which apparently, This is based in reality. Uh, that's a big thing in Mexico with, especially in the poor parts where the drug Lords really, you know, run the place and they wow. uh, abduct, abduct, abduct women and kids and, you know, sell them and, or kill them and do different things. Uh-huh. And so, so these, um, she's like, gets like three wishes. So it's like this, it's like, uh, very serious on one, one hand. And then at the same time, there's a lot of, um, like fantasy involved, uh, the kids using their imagination and fantasy to fight the real life monsters that are the drug oh, dealers. Um, I think you can watch a movie and think, is is it real? The ghost, there's ghosts and stuff in it, mm-hmm. or is that the imagination of, of the girl and these, you know? So anyway, I love the movie. It's uh, just great. All the kids are. are uh, are great and it's kind of like a stand by me set in like uh, in uh Mexico. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I love the movie so huh. uh definitely definitely one you people should seek out if it's playing at a you know just doing the the festival uh scene right now but highly recommend it uh, huh. good manners was the other one i could not get through as i just uh was ah oh, was very bored so i left and went to the other party i did hear after i left uh, it got really good, so. Oh, really? Unfortunately, yeah. It was like a, like lesbian vampires, but uh, I don't know. I really just could get into it. Uh-huh. But I do. It was a very slow one. I think it was a weird choice to end the con- the festival with because, like, it kind of was kind of. You need something to really keep you awake. I think at this point, uh-huh. you know, the fifth day of the final show, so. But uh, but anyway, I was glad I went to the the party. It was the after party, and they gave out the the awards for all the, uh, you know, that won everything that won, and again, I got to meet a lot of people. So it was a really good time. No, it sounded like you had a great time. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and I drank a lot of apple cider. Apple cider is good. Yeah, I'm not a big beer drinker, and most of the places were places that didn't have. Uh, you know, they had the liquor license, but they didn't have the hard, uh, you know, they didn't have oh, like uh, mixed drinks or anything. Right. It was like uh, wine or beer. But mm-hmm. hey, if they got apple cider, if they got the hard cider. Yep. On, uh, 
staff of Boom good. Hat. I did. I did have uh, you know, food-wise. I had a lot of good food. It was a really nice Mexican place. It was open till two a.m., so that that was good. Like after the movies, I could go and they had two for four dollar tacos and nothing wrong with that. Yeah, how you making me hungry? Uh, yeah, yeah. I could go for it right now. It'd be pretty sweet. Pinocchio's Pizza was really good, but that Mexican place and I had a chimichanga, which was a uh, this uh, you know. It's, like a big giant burrito, but then they deep fry it and cover it in cheese sauce. Which, like that, could be a bad thing. Yeah, it's awesome. And so I, it was very busy, so I ate at the bar, and uh, so I got a uh, margarita. And the, uh, I, it was basically just a big margarita glass full of tequila. And ice. <laughs> wow, is it strong? Oh, like a little lime sprinkled in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, it was strong. But I was not complaining. It was good. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember. I also had brunch at this one place, and they had just a wild menu. And I almost got the Irish breakfast, but it came with blood pudding. Well, black pudding. I was like, is that blood pudding? And the guy, waiters was like, yep. <clears throat> and I was, I was like, man, he needs to say, man, I've now tried it, so I can't tell you. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I'm going to get that. <laughs> I've got to. I got short rib eggs Benedict, which was pretty awesome. Was pretty oh, that is pretty wild. Yeah. So uh, I the think hotel I was chicken out on the on the black pudding. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Envision, which was a, a beautiful hotel, honestly, it's very nice hotel. Had a um, antique phone and stuff in the uh, room. I loved your phone. Yeah. The one night I came in though, and my all my stuff was gone. <laughs> Everything like. Under you know underwear, socks, clothes, a battery charger, uh, mouth mouthwash, tooth, toothpaste, <laughs> uh, some money I Everything. had. Yeah, so I went down. So I was like, oh my god! So I went downstairs, and apparently the maid thought I was checking out. No, why would why would anyone would think this? I'm not exactly sure. And so she just took all my stuff and threw it in a trash bag. Sure, that sounds like a normal reaction. Yeah, and my key still worked, so it's like, okay. <laughs> the first thing I looked was if my money was there, and it was. Oh, yeah. I'd like, I'd like $300 cash. I don't like to carry all my money on me. So, and I like to bring some money, you know, in case, you know, in case of emergency. So, so, so that was there. And uh, so I didn't really think too much of it. I was like, oh, this other stuff is here. <laughs> I went up to the room and then I realized that my uh, mouthwash wasn't there or my toothpaste, <laughs> toothbrush. So I went back down and they were like, oh, we will give you some. So they gave me like a pack, like the hotel, like it was like packets of tooth, little like <laughs> it was like a, like a condiment packages of toothpaste, which I've never seen before. <laughs> That is pretty neat. Yeah, so it was like, eh, a really, really shitty toothbrush. Oh, I bet. Like a little disposable sucker. Yeah, and and two the two little mouthwash, whatever. Like, ah, I'm only here a couple more days. It's fine. And then, uh, then I realized that my tear brush was gone, and they're like, "Well, we don't, we don't have any hair brushes here, but we have a black, we have a black comb." I was like, uh, <laughs> then you were the fawns. Yeah, like my, my hair is very uh, curly, and it's hard to put like a little thin black comb through it, through the back of my hair. So anyway, I mean, whatever. And then, and then I realized the next day that my uh, Boston Underground Film Festival shot glass was gone. Well, that just sucks. 
out of everything. So, that's the thing that you know. Yeah. So they said like the maid threw all my all my toiletries away and my hairbrush away. I'm like, well, why would they throw a hairbrush? I actually even just bought the hairbrush. That's like, and they oh. threw the they threw the um, shot glass away. But then they found it, and I'm like, "What? That doesn't make any sense." Like, would you? Did they pick yeah, the car? I don't think that got thrown away. That was no, something. Why so would they throw a gl- and then- Yeah, no one would throw a glass. Like, th- if anything, they would take it downstairs and like put, give it to like the bar or something. <laughs> right, right. Or somebody would just take it home. Yeah, that's what I think. They were going to take yeah. it. They weren't. They didn't throw it away because. If they did throw it, what they went through like the hotel trash to find it. Sure, they have yeah. big giant bags of trash. Oh, they'd have to. Yeah, nobody's going dumpster diving for no, it. That, no, no. So then, what made me mad? You know, all this, but like they didn't give me shit. They're just like, you know, I thought maybe they give me a free breakfast or yeah, something. Yeah, they should give you something. Like I, was, I was like, I have a Gatorade. They're like, yeah, <laughs> they have a drink. <laughs> And uh, so I checked out everything and really no one did anything. And then oh. when I was sitting there uh, waiting for the Uber, because I had a little bit of wait, and uh, the woman came over. She's like, hey, I, I comped you the last uh, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay. That's so, good. Oh, man. well, thank you. I pre- and I do appreciate those. Very yeah. nice. But I don't know why they waited till like after I took them. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> But it worked out, so. Yeah. But that had to be kind of spooky when you walked up to the room and found, like, all your stuff missing. Oh, yeah. You know, I was, it was very late. I didn't get into, like, 3.30 or something. Oh, man. And I had to get up uh, for, I had to be at someplace at 11 for the interview. So I had to get up, you know, at the latest, like, 8 or 9, because it's, you know, it's a little ways to get there. Then I got to sit up. Plus, you know, I want to take a shower. So I almost just went right to just jumped in the bed. But for some reason, when I went in there, I I did notice that the bed was made. And I remember putting the don't disturb sign. Oh. And I thought, well, that's weird. I better. And I thought, well, I'm going to check my thing to make sure my money's here. And I opened up and just everything was gone. (laughs) I was like, what the Then I started looking around like, holy shit, everything's gone. Oh, man. There's not anything in here at all. And my key work, though, like, yeah, I wonder if that, like, happens. I mean, does anyone ever go on a trip and just, ah, it's too much effort going back and back and everything. I'm just going to leave all my shit at the hotel room. (laughs) Yeah, if people do Just leave. Yeah, I've never heard of such a thing. (laughs) I'm not going to check out. I'm just going to (laughs) leave. This Uh, seems like a really strange way of doing things. uh, so yeah so anyway there we go but I, overall just a great time really oh that's great so uh, I'll go over some, some news here I know it's getting a little late but uh, this movie has the greatest poster Troy it's called Lamageddon <laughs> and it's the Armageddon of llamas oh man so all the llamas are gonna like just I guess I don't really know, but I just like know the poster. Else. Else. <laughs> I didn't kill everybody else. I All right, killer llamas. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, along those lines, this will be the final Sharknado. 
I can't say I'm a fan of those movies, so it doesn't really bother me. But it is weird because I do think they have a huge following. The people always get excited. I, I don't know why they just want to end them. I know. I I mean, I always look forward to them. Mm-hmm. To me, especially if this last one like, because the kid like did a time travel thing and he came back as Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> so I'm I'm so looking forward to this next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one they said they go back into the the. The idea is to go back in time and stop the Sharknado from happening. Oh, okay. And make sure your kid doesn't turn out to be Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Maybe he likes him being Dolph Lundgren. I don't know. I might. That's true, too. I must break you. <laughs> so, so there was this thing, first of all, which I'm happy I was right about, but... It was, uh, there's a, a new clown in, uh, three from hell, the sequel to, uh, devil's reject. And so there's like, a they just show a logo and it's like a painted little sign of a clown. That's, mm. And I was like, that looks like Clint Howard. No. And then it came out. Clint Howard has, has been revealed that he is in the new, uh, Rob Zombie movie. Oh my God! An evil Clint Howard clown. That's uh, that's beyond my wildest dreams. Can you imagine him? If he's if he's battling uh, uh, Captain Spaulding. Oh, that'll be the that'll be the greatest. All right, I'm there for. The, I mean, I was looking forward to the movie anyway, but now yeah. even even more so. I see Poncho posting a lot about this. I don't know if Poncho's in the movie. If he is, that's really cool. Oh, that's good stuff. Played, too. You know, he was the midget Nazi in the in the last in thirty one. Oh, that's that's great too. Yeah. It was funny the other night on. Um, I think it's on my TV. They show like, uh, not my personal TV, but the channel my TV. Mm-hmm. And they show a lot of like throwback stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I forget what night it is. Maybe it's Saturday night. Um, they show. Uh, night gallery late at night oh nice and um so i was watching watching one the other night and uh so the ugliest little kid you've ever seen he's probably like (laughs) 10 or 12 years old he can predict the future and uh and of course it was clint howard i was like that's tremendous (laughs) it must have been just around the same time that he was in that star trek yeah (laughs) <laughs> Only he got to use his real voice this time. It wasn't <laughs> like the Solarian brandy. <laughs> Man, he's never gotten better looking. Oh no, no. But uh, yeah, he's got a good career. He's a cute kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, Human centipede graphic novels coming. Ooh, who's making that? I don't know. Tom Six announced it, so. I don't know, though. What else can you do with the centipede? Yeah, I don't know. I think after the third one, I've kind of lost my uh, my love for it. I wish wish that one would have never happened. Yeah, it was the the shits. Yeah. Uh, By the way, uh, Vic Trimoni says, I hate llamas. One spit on me at a petting zoo when I was 11. Ah, see, that's like my my history with goats. Really? Yeah. See, every year at at school, 
we would go on a field trip when I was in elementary school to Benson's uh, Wild Animal Park. And so every year, probably starting when I was five years old, you know, we'd go and they'd have a group of goats and they'd look really cute and they'd be like, you know, looking at you. And they had uh, a little um, dispenser, um, you know, like a, what do you call those things? Like a gumball machine type thing. Mm-hmm. And so for a nickel, you'd get like a little cup full of like goat food. I don't even know what the hell it was. Maybe it was cracked corn or I don't know. So I'd get a cup full of that and I'd go in there all smiles and bright eyes. And as soon as I'd walk in, the goats would like hit me and kick me and knock me to the ground and take my cup and eat all their stuff and bite me. And I'd cry (laughs) and I'd like, you know, and the teacher would pull me out and I'd be horrified until the next year. And then we'd go back there and I'd forget about the previous year. And I'd say, well, this year I'm going to, you know, I'll keep a tighter grip on my cup and I'll make sure that the goats don't like sneak up behind me. And the goats would beat me up and knock me down and bite me and steal, you know, take all the, the food and, uh, and I'd cry and, and it would happen again and again and again. So I hate fucking goats. Man, it's a sad story. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I never learned from like my previous encounters. I always mm-hmm. thought that the next time would be better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe someday you'll have a good experience with goats. Nah, I hate goats. Uh, I, I just kill them whenever I too. see them now. Don't be afraid. It's um. They're they're remaking the Tommy Knockers. Hmm. That's not one of my favorite King stories. Yeah. I mean, like the. Was it a? It was a made-for-TV thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it was just about as good as the as the book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe maybe it'll be better. I I don't know. Out of all the ones to remake, though, that wouldn't be one that I'd choose. Mm-hmm. Let's see, yeah, I I remember it being bad. The, the yeah, the but the show, story itself's not very good either. Yeah, I've never read it. So uh, Corey Feldman, uh, he was saying that he was stabbed, mm-hmm. and then so like the police took him to the hospital, <laughs> and they didn't find any lacerations. Oh, that's so good. The, so then he was saying that it was like the tip of a knife or a syringe they were stabbing him with. So <laughs> okay. So I, I don't know. I don't think this is on the up and up from uh, Mr. Feldman. I know he's not the most, uh, you know, trustworthy guy to begin with. Mm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I don't know what to say on that. Like, if it's too bad or. Yeah, I mean, if it happened, it's terrible. But uh, yeah. but if you if you just make that up, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, that is that's crappy. Well, it'll end up the boy that cried wolf, then something really bad's gonna happen to him and no one's gonna believe him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh Stranger Things season three's uh starts pro- production. Oh no kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know they they gotta you know get those out quick, I think, before the kids get like old and ugly. 
That's true, yeah. Because the, the one kid that I really like, but he is kind of goofy looking now that he's getting a little older. Yeah, I think all of them. Yeah, I think a lot of them will be. So that's good, though. I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to see more of it. Oh, me too. Me too. Like, it's kind of like the, um, the Marvel stuff on Netflix, you know? Like, I, I look forward to each and every one of the new seasons of whatever they want to they want to show us. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's this book coming out. We were actually asked if we want to do interviews for it. Uh, Chud Lives. Ooh. And it's a bunch of uh, horror actors, I mean, horror writers, authors, who uh, did a bunch of short stories uh, paying tribute to the classic Chud. So it's an anthology of original stories, I guess, based around Chud. Huh. Is there any uh, writers that we know? Let's see here. Uh, Robert Waters. Hmm. Dick, uh, Nick Cato. Ryan C. Thomas. David Robbins. Christopher Fulbright and Angeline Hawks. Greg Mitchell. Alex Laybourne. Michael Hansen. Ben Fisher. Tim Wagoner, Jason Good White. God, there's a lot of people. I know. Mort Castle, David Bernstein, Martin Powell, Chad Lutsk. Let's, I don't know. J.G. Faraday, Philip Perrone, Ross Baxter, and Jonathan Mayberry. Oh, that might be kind of neat. Yeah. I want to read it. Yeah, I love I love Chud. I think Chud's a very good oh, movie. Yeah. That's one I'm surprised they never, you know, try to reboot or redo something with. It, yeah, because it's actually a very good story. Yeah, um, and if you go back to like the uh, their original concept for it, where they don't really necessarily turn into monsters, they're more just you know uh, cannibals. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think you could do a lot with it. And it really talks a lot about the homeless. There's there's a lot more in uh, in Chud than just you know silly monsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, looking forward to that Chud. And uh, Greg uh, Nicotero does uh, the Walking Dead. Says he wants to do uh, uh, the Frozen Walking Dead, where like they're they t- take place in the ice somewhere. <laughs> He huh. said that he, he likes when the comic book went into the cold, like tundra. But I must not be there yet because uh, I've never read any of that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's a new one on me too. Yeah. You know, I know some people complained, and I do understand that because even in the comic book, it's like that where it's kind of like, you know, the, it's like you go, they go one place. They make it a home, and then it gets invaded, and then they they keep leaving. Mm-hmm. But the uh, in the comic after the uh, after Negan, they do go a different direction. Now, I don't know if, if eventually it goes back to the kind of we're invaded and have to leave again. Maybe that's where the the frozen tundra comes in. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yep, that could be. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I'm pretty good. What do you think, Troy? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, hmm. 
when when does um I think uh, what was that one the quiet uh, horror movie there does it come out next week? Yeah, I think so. That looks good to me. A quiet place. Yeah, that one I I definitely want to see. That one really has my attention. Yeah, I want to see that too. Uh, Siren started tonight, which is about uh, killer mermaids. I I do have a soft spot for killer mermaids. I really do. Mm-hmm. And today it was International uh, Mermaid Day. Oh no, kidding! Uh-huh. Ah. And I do have an interview with the star of uh, Siren, uh, Elaine Powell, which is up on the website. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. There's, there's a really good one with Rufus Sewell about, like, a a killer mermaid. Really? I can't remember the name of the movie, but uh, mm-hmm. Rufus Sewell stars in it. Yeah. Huh. It might have been one of those, Not maybe it was... One of those masters of horror, one of those type of things, mm-hmm. you know, where it was like an hour long or something. Yeah. So it might have been an episode. It might not have been like, you know, just a like a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I dig I dig the uh, the Killer Mermaids. Yeah. So ah, uh, so maybe that's why because earlier this week. Um, uh, Studio Ghibli, they're doing their um, re-releases like they did last year. So mm-hmm. they have, you know, nine movies coming back to the big screen. And uh, earlier this week, it was Ponyo. That was the first of this year's uh, group. And it's kind of... Mm-hmm. Well, she she's a fish that turns into a, into a little girl. But it's, it's kind of like a take on, like, the Little Mermaid type story. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, so maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they did that one this week, if it's like a mermaid-type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also want to mention uh, The Toys That Made Us has been uh, renewed for a second season on Netflix. Oh, which nice. I, lo- I love that show. So I'm Yeah, that was to really it. good. Yeah. Last season was uh, Star Wars, He-Man, G.I. Joe, and Barbie. So yep. who would you pick for for the next season? Uh, let me see. I'm going to say Transformers. Amigo's a good one. I'm going to say Transformers. Yep. Both of those would be great. Um, trying to think of like any. I'd like to see a Galoob WWF figures. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Or or maybe just wrestling figures in general. They could take them from different. Sure. You know, uh, time periods. Mm-hmm. Thundercats. Thundercats would be a good one too, but like the um, and a lot of the stuff, like the stuff on the the Star Wars, and then on the He Man, were things that I, I really didn't know anything about. Yeah, no, it was a, I, it was a really interesting thing. Yeah, and I love the fact that uh, whatever company it was that made He Man, that. Back in the 70s, see, and I was in the minority. I was never as big um, in the 12-inch Kung Fu Grip uh, G.I. Joes Mm -hmm. as I was Big Jim's pack. And the company that made He-Man back in the 70s had made Big Jim in his pack. Mm 
mm-hmm. who I thought were just much better made toys. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I remember them talking about that. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah, I remember playing the with the ones that you had, you know, when I was a kid. Oh yeah. And they someone at that company always had a thing for like a guy whose face would change. Right. Because yeah. remember what was he, Manny Faces and He Man? And then the villain from Big Jim, he wore a hood and he had three faces that would like flip flop around. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one guy makes uh, like uh, like obscure uh, horror figures. He just did one of uh, the blowjob bear from The Shining. <laughs> My God, some of those were just some crazy things. Like he has the girl from uh, Sleepaway Camp. Oh really? That's During the cool. reveal. So. Oh, oh my God! I'm looking now. Texas Chainsaw. He's got this faceless guy. Happy Death Day. Intruder. I'm not even sure what that movie is. No, I didn't know that one either. I like the fact that he does them in that like three and a half inch size, like the yeah. Star yeah, like, Wars figures. Uh, Gate one's really nice. The crazies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Holy shit! The Sleepaway Camp one. That one's great, isn't it? Uh. He's got Return Living Dead. Those are nice, too. My God, the Silver Shamrock one's great. Yep, yep. I love that one, too. Mm-hmm. Creep Show 2. <laughs> the, guy, the guy getting eaten by the... The girl getting eaten by the uh, the thing in the lake. Oh, yeah. That one was a weird one, too. Yeah. American World from London. <laughs> then the werewolf from It. Yeah. That... We'll talk about the strangest character to make. I know. Wow, that's weird. That's very cool, though. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I had a great time tonight. Oh, was a lot of fun listening to tales and uh, great guests. <laughs> had a really good time, Chief. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Troy, do you remember uh, Commander USA's groovy movies? Oh, I yeah. Know. Absolutely. Yeah, he died. Jim uh, Hendricks, the commander USA, died. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. All those great... Um, see, that's what used to make USA so much fun. Was like uh, him and then Gilbert and Rhonda Shear doing the late night movies. Mm-hmm. They were just, you know, like... That was the last place, I think, with a lot of like actual hosts, like... You know, four movies and things. Yeah, it seems like that's really a thing of the past, which is too bad. It is. It is. I, I really, I've always enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So now they make yeah. me oh. watch uh, Sven Gulli. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't. No, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't. I don't get it. I just think it's <laughs> kind of lame. Yeah, I'm just happy that there's like he might be the last one, the last uh, bastion. So yeah. Oh, oh, AMC, the the Terror Troy. I don't know if you've been watching this. It just debuted this weekend. Love it. Oh, I saw the trailer. It looked great. I didn't know oh, it was on great. yet. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, some people might be kind of slow, but that doesn't bother me if it's interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Really into it. And I didn't know it was a, it's a true story. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that either. Even this, the real names of the ships and... Uh, let's say the real the real characters, you know, 
what happens to him, who knows if that's real, but uh, but it's based on a real story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's I, awesome. I'm loving it. All right, good. I'll have to check it out then. Mm-hmm. I don't right. think there's anything else on the uh, the T. Well, just um, have you been watching Ash versus the Evil Dead? No, because I didn't see season three, and it's not on on oh, demand. Oh yeah, that sucks. You gotta yeah, you gotta watch uh, that before you start watching this one. Uh-huh. This season, there's a lot of Pablo, which is good. I love me so. Oh, I like him. Yeah, I know he's saying that it'll be the final season if people uh, don't, you know, watch it. Yeah. Ah, they could say that about anything, though. Yeah. You know, last season would have been the last season of Game of Thrones if people didn't watch it. That's very true very true <laughs> you know uh no all right let's get out of here i had a great time this is after and this is terrible troy and this is without your head